Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. And it's all brought to you by Farrah and Farrah. All right, here we go. They found the debris field for the $75 million F-35 jet that they lost. You know, it's oh. funny. You, you made a joke yesterday about it. they should have had an Apple tag on it. And I thought that was funny at the time. I'm thinking to myself after we left the air yesterday because, you know, we're all, uh, you know, engulfed in news stories and all this. And I didn't think about it. Here you got a $75 million jet, and you're telling me that the Air Force never thought none of the people who engineered that miracle in the sky, the most powerful, the most technologically advanced jet in the world, nobody thought of putting something on it where we could locate it. Let's say the thing was, I don't know, shot down or or maybe took in some fire when it was over enemy territory and the pilot ejected and that plane actually didn't fly over North Carolina. It flew over Russia. Wouldn't we want to retrieve that immediately? How do you do that if you didn't put anything in there that could find the location of this piece of equipment? So you were absolutely right. It's just like the insanity and the lack of common sense in the highest echelon of our government and uh, the people who make these aircraft. What Didn't we lose one over in the uh, sea over by China? It like fell yeah. off the boat and then we're like, oh, yeah, I guess we'll go get it. But by the time we got there, you know, the Chinese already had it on cinder blocks. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's baffling to me. We we have um, we have lost our attention to detail. We used to be really good at that stuff. I mean, it's it's not just in in government. You look at just regular day stuff, stuff you buy. Where you look at it and you go, did anybody test this before they put it on the market? It seems like we don't do anything like that anymore. We just shove stuff out there, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, screw you. You have 30 days to return it if you don't keep it. Yeah, it's, it's quantity over quality now. Yeah, so they found the debris field of the stealth F-35 over South Carolina yesterday. My understanding is the transponder malfunctioned, and that was an issue. We don't know why the pilot ejected. Obviously, we'll get answers to that at a later time. Yeah, transponder is a uh, thing that bleeps on the radar screen of air traffic control every few seconds. You know, and it gives the identity of the plane. And sometimes, if you're when you're flying, you're you're um, doing a, it's it's a code. It's twelve hundred. That's usually when you're uh, in visual flight rules. Now, if you're in emergency, you put in a certain code. But the thing is, is that. If you're in a mountainous area in South Carolina, not really mountainous, but it's got, if you get below a certain altitude, you can't pick up that signal. So what's the point? <laughs> I mean, it's like, first of all, did you hear they put it on autopilot? The, oh, really? Before the pilot ejected, he had it on autopilot. 
uh, to fly where? I don't know. It was just set for a course, and it kept going in that course till I guess it ran out of fuel. And Did he have to inflate it like the airplane movie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just don't... What I don't get is this. She said the transponder malfunctioned. I'm sorry. That thing's worth millions of dollars. Could you imagine going to buy a new Rolls Royce now and the window doesn't work? You're no, like, well, hang on a second. I paid so much money. I figured it would operate as designed. So the commandant... I know nothing of the Marine Corps. General Eric Smith said this is an A-class mishap or a class A mishap. Class A mishap. They got different classes for the mishaps? Yeah, I, think, I guess so. I guess they, they, that calls for a different kind of cocktail party. Yeah, when I step in poop, that's a class D mishap. So former President Donald Trump, you should read the stories. And I know a lot of you don't have the time. I get it. So I'll do it for you. But some of the stories, the networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, I write them off. They're they're they are what they are. The the, the audience, uh, the quantity of their audience kind of tells the whole story there. But ABC, CBS and NBC still have massive audiences for news. And uh, they're the writers who write these stories are so it's just this this I can't, I can't even find the world the world the word it, it, it's hate with such vigor it's like seething seething foaming at the mouth hate there's no news involved it's just this seething hate for this man more and, seething and what's really amazing is a lot of it is taught it's not like they came out of the gate hating you remember Trump was one of the media darlings Oprah said you should run for president. Yeah. Well, that's when he wasn't trying to be a part of the fancy club. Now he's in the club and he's not playing by the club rules. We're going to kick him out. He's a bad guy. Kristen Walker took over for uh, sleepy Todd. Uh, what's his name? Chuck Don? Todd. Chuck Todd. And now she's got to make her imprint in the media world as one of the leading anchors mm. on Meet the Depressed on Sunday and also all the other stuff they ask her to do. So she has to really dig in there. She can't let. This is an attack dog. This is not an interview. This is an attack dog uh, trying to clamp on a Trump's leg. And I, what I appreciate about Trump in this instance, especially, well, most instances like this, it's very calm. So first uh, subject she talks about is about January 6th, of course, because it was an attack on democracy and democracy almost fell to a Viking in a Chewbacca suit. <laughs> so uh, I got walked through, by the way. And the basis of this is they knew 100,000 or more people were going to show up. And they turned down security support. There's a video out there from Project Veritas when um, what's his name was still leading that charge. It's an undercover. It's an undercover video of Nancy Pelosi, AOC, and the president talking about how they have to get each and every one of these maggots and prosecute them. That's actual audio. I'll play for you later. Mm -hmm. The host, Kristen Welker, is not listening to Trump at all. All she's trying to do is do her speech. This is not about interviewing Trump, although she's interviewing Trump. And she got a bunch of crap for interviewing Trump. He's the leading candidate what? in the Republican nomination, and he's now also leading Biden by several points in about eight different polls. Yet, she's getting crap for interviewing him. It's yeah, amazing. You'd look stupid not to. Right. So now she's belting out the Democrat talking points and interrupting Trump constantly, asking him about... January 6th. Did you call military or law enforcement at the moment the Capitol was under attack? I'm not going to tell you anything. I told, okay. I, Nancy Pelosi turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't do that. But and now Nancy I understand, I understand that the you police testified. 
what he what he <laughs> I don't know what I did there with that edit, but the thing is, is that um, Nancy Pelosi did turn down ten thousand soldiers, and then when they eventually came, it was too late, and they were told not to carry weapons that they were just coming there to direct traffic. Direct traffic. And remember, after they got done with them, they put all those National Guardsmen in a parking garage beneath the ground, gave them no food or water. This is what these people think of our military. Number two, the mayor turned down security. That's all true. And she went on to interrupt them over and over again. I'll fix the audio. We'll play it later. But, I mean, it's just amazing. We can go on to the next topic, which was abortion. Oh, boy. Now, abortion, you can never make anybody happy. Because there's two schools of thought and none of them want to meet in the middle. Pro-lifers want abortion bans. Simple. I know there's some that will compromise, but the majority of them, the hardliners, want abortion ban. And I understand that. And then with Democrats on the far left, they want abortion all the way up to the moment of birth. And that to me is infanticide. It's murder. But I mean, that's just me. Don't take my opinion. You can make your own. And Trump, I think, is pretty much saying here that, hey, we just got to get together and come up with a compromise. But she just, this is just about getting a soundbite that they can play for the next five days in a row to make you hate Trump. I think, I think they're all going to like me. I think both sides are going to like me. Let, let me but what's let going to have to happen is you're going to have to... This question, Kristen, please. you're asking me a question. What's going to happen <laughs> is you're going to come up with a number of weeks or months. You're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy. Because... 92% of the Democrats don't want to see abortion after a certain period of time. And that's not a lie. 83% last year wanted, this is Americans in general, not just Democrats. 83% of Americans in general do not agree with abortion in the third trimester. You know? I know it's, it's crazy, but there's some people that want it all the way up to birth. Go on. A federal ban landed on your desk if you were reelected. Would you sign it at 15? Are you talking about a complete ban? A ban at 15 weeks. Well, people people are starting to think of 15 weeks. That seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Would you sign that? I, uh, I would. I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something, and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. Uh, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. I mean, DeSantis would. Uh, willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think that I, I think what he far? did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. Oh, okay, now here's what he did. He just pissed everybody off that supports him. <laughs> you can't win here. And she's just gnawing at his ankle trying to get an answer she can use as a soundbite. Yeah, exactly. She said, would you do it? Would you do it? Now, this is your single voting issue. I understand that uh, this can be a blow to you because Trump was pretty much the one that facilitated the way to a victory for the pro-life movement. You know, he achieved it when he was president. And uh, now they feel betrayed because of what he just said. So now the opposite of what he intended to do just happened because of what he said about DeSantis saying, oh, I don't know, man, you know, five weeks, that's kind of crazy. I mean, so you can't, abortion is a topic that you cannot win at. Yeah. You know, uh, I can't stop the fact that we kill over a million babies a year. I'd love to, but I can't. You know, you have to deal with that with whatever you believe comes after this life. But uh, it's a no-win situation. It's it, I, uh, what, I, what I think doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, it infuriates me when I hear women's reproductive health care. No, no, you're killing a baby. Sorry. But that's just my personal opinion. I mean, and don't you, they give you double murder if you kill a pregnant person? Isn't that something? That's interesting. 
Okay, the new CDC director who replaced Rochelle Walensky, Mandy Cohen, this is what she came out with yesterday. She wants to win America's trust back. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. And you come out of the gate pushing a vaccine that we haven't tested on anyone? I mean, really, we haven't tested it on anyone. Oh, no, that's right. We tested it on 10 mice. Only 10 mice. Hey, look, they, they got away with it last time with the bivalent. They know that the regulatory process to get this approved is totally greased. President Biden was out there saying that this thing works and everyone needs to get it before the FDA even, you know, approved it. Yeah, the new CDC director, Mandy Cohen, spent her first two months on the job telling audiences in New York, Wisconsin, and Washington State the agency has made mistakes and they want to win your trust back. Trust is easily broken, and as folks know, trust takes time to rebuild, Cohen said to Politico. It isn't something you can fix overnight. I know that this is a long-term way of thinking about it. Her trust tour, that's what they're calling it, which has several more stops and works, comes as Biden and his administration begin the latest COVID-19 vaccine push at a time when her agency faces scrutiny over its decision and messaging during the pandemic. Blah, 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 blah. I got an idea. Well, How about you stop pushing vaccines that have been only tested on 10 mice and stop hiding myocarditis facts that you did. The CDC hid that stuff and stop saying stuff that's not true like your predecessor. Yeah, but, you know, here's what I can tell you about our pediatric hospitalizations now. First of all, the vast majority of children who are in the hospital are unvaccinated. Understood, but the we number's not 100,000. It's roughly 3,500 in hospitals now. It, Got them. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. The, vi the, the, the various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. <laughs> Can we get one more? <laughs> I just okay. Well, um, there you go. There we go. Um, she also points out that the reason that there's a lot, a lot of hesitancy. Remember hesitancy. All, yeah, all hesitancy. Hesitancy. She points out it's Florida. It's Florida's Surgeon General Joseph Lapido, Ladapo, whatever his name is, and DeSantis. Yes, we're the evil ones. We're the evil ones that don't want to take a vaccine that's only been tested on ten mice. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. The hesitancy for part for me was the fact that I couldn't sue in case I did grow a third eye or my arm fell off. Nobody finds that suspicious. Now, here's what Cohen says about Florida and DeSantis and the Surgeon General here. She calls the efforts by these people to undercut vaccine uptake is unfounded and frankly dangerous. Is it really? You know, in Europe, Europe, we always look to Europe like they're, they're the progressive ones. They're, they're so far ahead of us. In Europe, they say nobody under 35 takes this vaccine. Do you know the Moderna vaccine was essentially banned most of the entire pandemic in Europe for people under age 30 because they felt strongly the risk-benefit ratio was not there? Yeah. Dr. Marty McCary. And I can tell you the story of this 14-year-old, Aiden Kenyanyak, who was... Uh, injured by the vaccine. 
He got a dose of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine May 21, second dose June 2021. Ended up in the hospital for quite a long time with excruciating pain. Um, he was discharged. He was an athlete, still waiting to get the go-ahead to be able to exercise, but they say four more months. Jeez. He reported the whole thing, as his parents did, to the U.S. Center of Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. They took down the V-Safe website. Remember that one? That's the one where you could go and say if you had a vaccine injury. Gee, they took that down just before they push this new virus. Isn't that what something? A, uh, the VAERS thing still up? The VAERS thing is still up? It's just not as user-friendly? No. Good luck finding it. It's on the CDC website. So uh, the mother of uh, Aaron Aiden says, uh, I hate them, meaning the CDC. I think they're evil. They're evil people and they're liars. Bingo! Yeah. Like I said, it's it's easy to get bought, man. Well, the biggest lawsuit we've ever had was through Pfizer. It was $2.3 billion, and that seems like a lot of money. But like I said, when your profit for a year is $32 billion, what's two? Right. All right, did you see Fetterman yesterday? This, you talk about not being fit to serve as a senator as an, in office. I mean, it's just the insanity that we they have to have this guy in there because they... It's just, first of all, here's the big deal. This has really become an issue. He comes to work in Congress in tennis shoes without socks, shorts, a hoodie, and... They're he, not even shorts you could put a belt on. They're like gym shorts. Gym shorts, yeah, stretchy like I wear. But I'm, there's nobody here. He goes to Congress this way, to work. He goes into the Chamber of Congress. You can't make it to men's warehouse, buddy. So instead of sitting him down and saying, hey, have a little respect. No, what they did is yesterday they eliminated the dress code. And DeSantis had this to say about that. Let's hear it. So I don't, did you guys hear the U.S. Senate just eliminated its dress code because you got this guy from Pennsylvania who's got a lot of problems. I mean, let's just be honest, like how he got elected. Well, I mean, he got elected because they didn't want the alternative, but um, he wears like sweatshirts and hoodies and shorts and that's his thing. So he would campaign in that, which is your prerogative, right? I mean, if that's what you want to do, but to show up in the United States Senate with that and not have the decency to put on proper attire, I think it's disrespectful to the body. And I think the fact that the Senate changed the rules to accommodate that, um, you know, I think looks speaks very poorly uh, to how they consider that. Look, we need this country, we need to be lifting up our standards in this country, not dumbing down our standards in this country. And this is an example why. All right, everybody. God bless you. Thank you. Appreciate it. What did Fetterman have to say? Oh, my gosh. You know, oh, it's devastating. <laughs> did you play Lady from Fox News? No, here you go. This just seems very odd. I don't understand why an entire Senate body would accede to the wardrobe desires of one senator. That certainly appears to be what's happening here, Carl. Yeah, self-centered. You know, but, but he must be a very fragile person that he can't dress up in a coat and tie without somehow feeling threatened or abused or uh, awkward. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just it, this is this is just pathetic. Oh, my gosh. You know, oh, it's devastating. <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical, actually. Come on, man. Volusia County guy just won um, two million dollars on a ten dollar uh, gas station trip. Yeah, what was he doing? Which uh, the oh, the one I like? No, that's the gold. This is the gold rush. It's a ten dollar gold rush doubler scratch off. I like the five hundred times. 
It's an expensive ticket. Yeah, but you got to double check. I found out that um, if you check the Florida Lottery like app, it'll show you for each scratch off how many prizes are left to win. Right. I, it, it, it almost feels like cheating. I had a lady at a, a lottery event show me. She's like, no, look at the app. So don't you want to know how many tickets are out there that, that are winners? No? I mean, I, I found it to be very useful. I've been buying the ones that didn't have any jackpot left to win the whole time. Right. <laughs> no, I get you. All right, 70-year-old uh, Deleon Springs, this is like a few streets down from me, was arrested on murder charges in a shooting death of his neighbor. His neighbor was trimming a tree that kind of the, some of the branches went into his property. He warned him and then shot him and killed him. Dude. What is going on here? Ford's mom asked him to do some yard work that evening. The trees were going in on my fence. I asked him to cut the trees down that was knocking my fence down, which is my property on the other side of my fence. Drusilowski confronted the victim about crossing the property line. He told investigators Ford wouldn't stop, so he shot him right in front of his son. Can't imagine what that eight-year-old little boy is going through his mind that he watched his father die in front of him and get shot. The shooter's wife also also called 911. My neighbor came onto our property, right. cutting down our trees, and my husband took his gun, but I think he meant to scare him, and I think he killed him. <laughs> Before passing the phone to her husband. And I was pointing a gun at him at the time to get him off my property. Right. And then, uh, and then he kept walking towards me really close, so I shot him. I'm sorry. That is not acceptable in any way, no way ever. 78-year-old. <laughs> sorry. Uh, his name is um, Edward Stanley Drusilowski. Yeah. What in the hell are you thinking? I hope they put you away for the rest of your miserable life. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, tree damaging fence. Son goes to chop it down for his poor old mother. This old guy. No, it's the dad. My property. Oh, all right, yeah. yeah. Like, come on. Right, and finally, uh, I thought this was a joke. I thought this was a Babylon Bee kind of thing. And then I looked at it. Remember I texted you? I said, is yeah. this bear thing for real? Because I saw it on some site that looked like a joke site. Because they, they didn't have a picture of the bear. They just superimposed a grizzly, which we don't really have here, over Disney's, you know, princess thing. You know, the Magic Kingdom. I think that Wesh, too, is the only people with a helicopter up to actually get any footage. Right. And then finally, Wesh put the uh, copter up in the air, and WFTV had a little blurb on it, but I thought it was fake, but it wasn't. Uh, there was a bear sighting at Disney World, and, um, you know, they had to close some rides so people wouldn't be eaten. I thought at first maybe they took the country bear jamboree uh, redesign a little bit too literal, but... Uh it's nothing I've ever experienced before. I've seen wild animals at Disney, but nothing like a bear, of course. Yeah, so they had to close some of the rides because the bear was wandering all over the park. And, you know, you would think people would be like, okay, I understand. No, people were pissed off that the rides were closed. I don't know why uh, Disney management didn't just say, okay, you want to go on the ride? Yeah, go right ahead. Hi, go. go right ahead. Hannah Myers was on her way to ride Pirates of the Caribbean when she came across a group of cast members blocking the entrance to Adventureland. And I was trying to figure out what was going on, and then I heard over the radio that there was an animal situation. I was like, because I could share their radios, and I was like, oh, that's not very good. That's not very good. <laughs> the agency said, FWC, that the bears are more active during this time, you know, fall. They're getting ready to pack it in and go to La Quinta and sleep for the winter. Uh, more than a dozen rides and attractions were closed yesterday during the siding, according to Disney's app. They have caught the bear, and he's being shipped to Ocala. 
does he go to the Bears Villages or something? No, they just uh, drop him off in the National Forest right there at the gate, and he wanders in. Oh, okay, I see. Um, I did notice some people starting to get extremely frustrated with cast members when they said that we can't like go ride. Big Thunder Mountain and stuff I'm, like I'm that. Th- again, just oh, let them no. on the ride, man. Make it, and then have them put you know wheel in one of those bleacher sets you can watch. <laughs> charge <laughs> charge an extra fee. Yeah, you know, just sign this waiver and good luck. The new Bear Jamboree here at Disney World. We've added a little something to make your visit more memorable. Bears. Yes, you'll love as we've added live bears to our theme park experience. My kids loved Mr. Bear's Wild Ride. The live bears made it so much more exciting. And it's a bear world after all. So cool and terrifying because of the bears. Plus, we've doused all your favorite characters in honey to lure the bears. Uh-huh. Well, hiya. Do you want me to take a picture with your family? I'd love to. I'd... Oh, another bear. Run for your life. <laughs> well, gosh, the bears got my leg. Donald, help me. <laughs> He belongs to the bears now. Save yourself, Goofy. It's Disney World with bears. Get your tickets now. The Sunny Update. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Jill and Smokestack having fun with the world gone crazy. Well, it's all brought to you by All Electric Services. Congratulations to Paul Hobbs. Paul Hobbs. Hobbs. He's the winner of the 2023 Florida Python Challenge. Oh, that's going on again? Yeah, they did the whole uh, 10-day competition to see who can get the most uh, invasive giant Burmese pythons out of the Everglades. And uh, he got 20. Wow. 20 giant Burmese pythons. Now, does he get to keep them, the skins, or how does that work? I don't know. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I think you just put them in the FWC Snake-O-Matic, and then you get your prize money. Okay. Got himself $10,000. <laughs> That's not bad. His biggest one was 10 feet, 9 inches. Wow. Yikes. Oh, oh no, that wasn't him. That was Amy. She was uh, competing in the novice category. I guess there's different categories for novices, uh, mediocre, and then expert python hunters. I want to be in that qualified for the mediocre class. 
So, um, okay, well, that's good. They're, they're destroying the Everglades, aren't they? Isn't that the whole thing? Oh, that- yeah, they're giant invasive, you know, snakes. But I just, I want to do a, can you do a ride along for those? I have no idea. Do you know anybody that does that? No, I don't even know how you'd get them. I mean, you use a bow and arrow? What is it? A spear? Have, how do you get them? I have no clue. I've never done it. I don't chase down snakes. I mean, I know that they do it every year, and they go down there in the Everglades, and apparently these people have no jobs or they're very wealthy. I don't know. I mean, you can't blast them with a shotgun. That could take off the length. I have no idea. What, are you going to use a twenty-two? you You'll be there for three hours. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you're not just sitting there with a bag like, come on, snake. Hop in here. No idea. Please. It's a spooky job. Uh, Elon Musk. I think he's starting to think of uh, charging a little bit of a monthly fee for the uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, we play the first thing of it. We're moving to having a small uh, monthly payment for the use of the X system. Is it's, it's, it's the only way I can think of to combat uh, vast armies of bots. Yeah, I don't think it's about making a lot of money, although it'll probably make a little bit of money. But it's um, the Twitter was like 40% or maybe even 50% bots. It wasn't even... Yeah. Like, you'd post something, and the um, responses were done by AI. They were just responses to get people to get engaged you know, get angry and start, you know, engaging themselves and interacting with Twitter. And the old filters we used to use for that aren't really up to the task anymore. Like, you know, the CAPTCHA, where it's like, click all the squares, they're a traffic light or a bus or a bicycle. God, I hate those things. Yeah, and apparently it's getting too smart for that. As the AI gets very, very good, it's actually able to pass these sort of CAPTCHA tests better than humans. In fact, one of the ways you might say, like, wait a second, is passing the test too fast? That must be a robot. It must be AI. Yeah, you know, it says spot the motorcycles, and then you got a little mirror of a motorcycle or just a piece of the handlebar in one square, and you click it. Done in .02 seconds. I'm like, oh, okay, no people can do it that fast. So I guess that's their only, I mean, they said it's going to be like less than $8 a month. Which is the premium subscription? I see. Well, but it's. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of tough. Who's going to want to pay for that? I don't go on there time? for. I don't go on there for free. So. American children, they're not as can be. Their parents don't raise them to have that quality. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Kids are just uh, acting up. Parents don't care if they're not polite anymore. And, and little baby junior son of a bitch over there is screaming his head off. Parents need to control their kids. Yeah, I got a... Uh, I just had a... This weekend, I was sitting at the counter. Mm, let me see. I can say this. They won't understand. Had an incident? They just came from Cuba. Yeah, they have a nine-year-old. And he's at the counter at the diner. And, uh, you know, my cook brings him a burger. Yeah. Doesn't even look... The kid doesn't even look up. Doesn't even look up like thank you or hey or you know thanks or nothing. A nod of appreciation. Nothing. At least. Not even like any kind of uh, contact. You know, eye to eye and nothing. So I turn over and I go, you know, you, you're supposed to say thank you. I go, and then he gets snotty with me. So his mother's watching, and that's all she did. It's like, what the hell's going on? These kids are completely out of control. I said, I get off my lawn! But at the same time, they really, really are. I thought uh, my generation was bad at raising children. It's gotten really bad now. How about that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, she's a prime example. And then they become influencers, and they become even more bratty. And then they... <laughs> I guess uh, overall, adults in the U.S. are least likely to say that kids having good manners is an important quality. 
Just 52% of them said so back in 2017, and I guess it's only gotten worse. So what is the, uh, what is the good quality to these people? That's the thing. It's, it's, they're, they're more concerned with um, obedience, uh, or they're not as concerned with obedience as they were back in the day. I mean, now you got places like uh, Nigeria and Morocco that they're like 90% of parents are like, no, your kid needs to do what you say. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're legally liable for them until they're 18, you're darn right. You're going to do what to say. You know, at least have some manners. If I didn't hold the door open for anybody, my dad would pop out the bushes and smack me in the back of the head. No, well, I see the opposite. I, I see kids. Um, uh, I forget where I was at somebody's house, and, and, uh, what, and I don't even know who they were. But the kid, the dad sitting by the pool with his legs, his, you know, his calves in the pool, you know what I'm saying? Like, just sitting there. Yeah. Kid comes up behind him, kicks him in the back, and laughs. And I'm sitting there watching this. I'm going, that's not funny. Then he tries to push his dad in the water, which, you know, hey, I get a little, you know, fun play is okay, but this wasn't like that. And I was like, aren't you going to say anything to your kid? Or at least hold him upside down by the ankles and give him a second to swing before they realize that I'm bigger than you. (laughs) Exactly. My mom had a great phrase. She said, I'll bring, I brought you in. I'll take you out. Right. Everybody uses that. I mean, it's, you know, it's classic, but it's one of those things where the kids don't don't use manners anymore. I read this no. article that was talking about how like it's sometimes it's almost Alexa and Siri's fault because you don't have to be nice to them to get an answer or to get what you want. Oh, really? Alexa, get me this. Is Alexa, that, get me that. Is that the out? Well, I mean, back in the day, you had to be polite to somebody to get what you wanted. You had gotcha. to ask nicely and now you just order, do, say, and that's, it just happens for you. That's, you a, lame, that's a lame excuse. Well, and, I mean, it's, it's just one of the contributing factors. I guess. I guess you're right about that. And then we're investing so much in raising a child. Oh, my gosh. It's over $240,000 now from birth to age 18. And that's just bare bones stuff. So you're talking only food, housing, apparel, transportation, and health insurance. $237,000 for, for $237,482, according to the latest research from LendingTree. But that that's it's an increase of uh, almost 20% from 2016. Wow. A baby born today in the United States will cost more than $240,000 to raise to adulthood. These poor, overprivileged American kids need your help. Won't you give to the Raise the Children Foundation? For about the cost of 50 cups of premium coffee each day, you could become a parent to a kid like a little Austin so he can grow up with life's necessities like a PlayStation 5, an Apple Ultra Watch, and a backpack from Louis Vuitton so they'll fit in at school. When you raise a child, you'll receive a weekly TikTok from their new iPhone 15 Pro Max, reminding you to send this week's donation because BTS front row tickets just went on sale. So please, won't you donate to the Raise the Children Foundation or you could just get a cat. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Are you ready for some stupid news? It's stupid. Yeah. But we like it. Here's Rick Jill and Smokestack. <laughs> um, I saw a guy yesterday, you know, one of those clip services, you know, where they have all the videos and memes and stuff. Yeah. I like to go on there. Um, it's a lot less time consuming than going on YouTube and spending an hour. So uh, there was this guy who identifies himself as vaccinated. Of course, he's not. But he brings up a good argument. He's like, I identify as vaccinated. You got to yeah. accept me. Got to accept me or you're a bigot. Yeah, you're a, a, a identifiophobe. Yeah, he uh, called himself transvaxed. 
<laughs> Clever. Now we got a guy who's trans age. In Japan, a man by the name of Jackie has decided to identify himself as trans age. Jackie's 39 years old, but he says he doesn't feel comfortable being that old, so now he identifies as he's 28. <laughs> Can you do that? He says he struck a good balance between being an adult and still having a childish side without attracting a lot of attention. It remains to be seen what happens. Jackie's next birthday comes around uh, three months from now, and he's going to be 29. Wow. When he's actually going to be 40. Now, is that uh, still on his license, or? I don't know. <laughs> I guess he could challenge it. I mean, you know, the, the world we live in now. Yeah. It's possible. All right. Morgan Osman is really, really hot. Uh, I, I don't think so, but this is what the article says. I saw her picture. I saw the video. She looks like Kim Kardashian, uh, maybe a little younger. And uh, her face, though, there's too much makeup, and I suspect under that makeup may be a one-bagger. I'm not sure. Oh. No, maybe not. But uh, her body's banging, I'll tell you that. Hey. Well, she's got an Instagram page to prove that she's hot, she says. Um, she was on an airplane, American Airlines flight. Um, for some reason, they got into an argument about overhead compartments, and she unleashed a torrent of curse words and told everyone she was an Instagram famous person. Love you. Call me a bitch again. Yeah, I did nothing wrong. No, you shut the f up. You shut the f up Goodbye. in your bitch. Goodbye. You shut the Film me. I'm Instagram famous, you I'm Instagram famous, you effing bum. Ooh, not anymore. It says the link you followed may be broken or the page may have been removed. This is... There's no... Uh. What, a, what an a-hole. I mean, just amazing. Yeah, take you and your duck lips off the plane. Yeah, those those yeah those are overinflated too. I mean, and don't your eye wrong, though, and I your think. fake eyelashes with your plastic uh, you know it looks like coat hangers. Yeah, but uh, I uh, the rest of what's going on here is doesn't it's seem pretty, to be bad. No, it's not bad at all. No, no, not it's at pretty all. good actually. Not at all. Yeah, she must be catching a lot of flack. That Instagram is gone. Yeah, no, I'm sure she did, but uh, yep. Amazon rainforest is essential to the health of our planet. It traps vast amounts of air pollution with its many lush trees and plants. Mm -hmm. But today that ecosystem is in danger thanks to deforestation caused by humans. Oh, yeah. We're always bulldozing something to put something up. What are they putting up there? A Starbucks? Uh, Brazil's president, Luiz Inacio Lula da Silva, has taken steps to stop the destruction before it's too late. One surprising figure leading the fight in Colombia, Bloomberg. Really? Yeah, he received a warlord name, Ivan Mordisco. I don't like Leonard's going to play Mordisco. Mordisco. Mordisco born Nestor Vérez, the top commander of the Estado Mayor Central or General Central Command, an armed dissident faction with about 2,200 fighters and 1,400 support members, according to Bloomberg, which called Mordisco a cocaine warlord. Mordisco and the EMC control a large region in Colombia's uh, Guayavera province where Mordisco extorts taxes from the local businesses and farms. He also controls an enormous cocaine empire operated in the region, and he's helping to save the rainforest. Well, it's, you know, where he's doing all his business. <laughs> That's what I think, while the cocoa leaves. So um, what, what's wrong with him supporting the rainforest? Okay, he's a drug lord. So what? Okay. You know, well, what does he got to be? He can't care about the environment while he's peddling, you know, pharmaceuticals. 
and cooked and, up in the jungle and roughing up people that won't pay their little protection money fee. Yeah, I see. You know, I mean, government does the same thing here. Florida teen has been arrested for allegedly attempting to rob a Wells Fargo bank. This happened uh, just about a week ago while donning a mask and bright pink shower cap. A shower cap? <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous just to see it. <laughs> Look for a suspect in a towel. <laughs> bright pink shower cap. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office said the suspect later identified a 17-year-old a black male entered the Wells Fargo. This is in Tampa. Once inside, the suspect approached a teller and passed a note demanding... Conditioner. No, I'm kidding. Demanding <laughs> money and claiming it was possession. He was in possession of a gun. Images of the suspect inside the bank show a person wearing a mask, sunglasses, jean jacket, pink dress. Pink dress. Black jeans, white sneakers, and a bright pink shower cap, almost fluorescent. So he's thinking they'll look for anybody in a dress and a shower cap first. Yeah, they've located the 17-year-old. He's been arrested. He was living in a public storage unit. A storage unit? And now he's living in a juvenile assessment center and faces felony robbery charges while wearing a mask. You know, wearing a mask into a bank is illegal, right? I mean, it used to be. Yeah. Or is it still... Or is it just us now? No, it's illegal. I just don't know how they worked that out with these stupid uh, blue COVID masks that don't do anything, but hey. Well, we only enforce the rules when they uh, work to our benefit. Finally, I'm going to include my cat in weird news this morning. Um, little Kitty walked up to one of our doors in the backyard on Labor Day in the morning. Little was, Kitty. Yeah, I was in the enclosure where the pool is and everything and some other cats. And this, I heard, meow, meow, meow. And I kept looking. I'm like, one of our cats in trouble? Did they fall in the pool? What's going on? Then I see over at the door this little, tiny, little, tiny, like six-week-old kitty. Oh, just a little guy. Little, little guy. And he didn't look feral. And he was pretty, be- you know, just eat up by, uh, you know, fleas, whatever. I mean, he was outside. So we took him in $2,000 later because he got sick. Oh, geez. Well, they, they have all kinds of things. This one had a virus. Luckily, it wasn't FIP, which is like the COVID for cats. Oh, This yeah. was a milder virus, but still, you know, the cat has to go to the emergency thing because it was Labor Day, and then he's got to stay, and he stayed there five nights. It, it, man, I'm telling you, vet bills, before you, get, before you get the little cute cat or dog, you really have to think about it because it's unreal how much you pay for veterinary bills these days. Mm-hmm. And the insurance is not much better because you pay like, I don't know how many, it's like $39 a month and that's for one animal. So anyway, oh, um, we took the cat. He's much better now, but we have to take his temperature twice a day. Mm-hmm. So, and I've, you know, we've done that before with other How cat. do you hold the thermometer under his tongue? And uh, my wife says, scruff him and I'll put the thermometer in his rectum. So I was oh, like, okay, yeah. we've done this a million times. So I hold Old the fashioned. cat. Yeah, and she gets uh, the uh, thermometer and tries to put it in there. Cat's not having having it. So I said, did you put that? Would you? No. And I said, did the cat, did you get Vaseline? She goes, oh, I don't have any Vaseline. I go, okay. She goes, oh, but I do have something else. So she goes in the bathroom, comes back out. Looks like the uh, thermometer's got some kind of lube on it. And she goes for it, and the cat's fine for a few seconds. Then so all of a sudden, the cat starts squirming. And, you know, it takes about a minute. That's a long time when you're holding a cat by the scruff. And wow, have, yeah, to, to be doing that. And then the cat starts going, yow, yow, and he goes, starts going crazy. I mean, I would. And I'm, yeah, but it's not, it's, it's, cats He's both, freaking out. Once you get it in there, they're usually pretty calm about it. They, they don't move very much. They may, you know, meow a little bit, but not like this. This cat was going nuts. So I said, what's going on? I, I, she says, I don't know. I go, what did you, what, what, where what? did you get that lube? What is the lube? So she goes, I'll go get the bottle. She goes, get the bottle. It's Red Hot Lover's Lube. <gasps> it heats up 
after about 30 seconds. Oh, poor kitty. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, no. But, you know, as with everything else, I thought of a way to make money out of this. If you're looking for the widest and wildest selection of adult cat toys, Rick Stacy's Cat House Emporium is the cat's meow. Make temperature time even steamier with Rick Stacy's Red Hot Cat Lovers Lubricant, and your little pussycat will squirm with delight and a little discomfort. Fuel every feline fantasy with a huge assortment of vibrating cat toys. Turn them on and hear them purr. Plus, your cats will be doing it kitty style in the latest leather, lace, and latex lingerie that'll give new meaning to the term, the cat's pajamas. And Rick has Orlando's best variety of hand-blown glass catnip accessories that'll drive your kitty so crazy, they'll never stop clawing the sofa. Best of all, you'll feel comfortable taking it all home in our discreet packaging. If you consider a bag with a picture of a cat on all fours with the words Rick Stacy's Cat House Emporium printed on the side to be discreet. Rick Stacy's Cat House Emporium. It's the most fun your cat can have without coughing up a furball. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. 105.9 Sunny FM. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. And it's all brought to you by Fair and Farrow. We hit a new record now ever in history. Have we been this much in debt? $33 trillion. First time in history of this country. Mm-hmm. This is not sustainable. It is out of hand, and it gets worse because it's not just our country in huge debt. We're talking about people are in huge amounts of debt. Yeah. Individuals. Most credit card debt in 40 years. Now, back to the national debt, it measures what the U.S. owes its creditors $33.04 trillion as of yesterday afternoon, according to new data published by the Treasury Department. But uh, by comparison, just four decades ago, the national debt. Are you ready for this? I mean, I want you to oh, hear no. what we've done in just this short amount of time. 40 years. $907 billion. $907 billion? That was 40 years ago. Now we're in debt for $33 trillion. Where is this headed? Not a good place. Nope. Wow. Um, do we file bankruptcy with the rest of the world? Or what no, do we do? Our, our credit rating drops. Our ability to keep spending money like crazy that doesn't exist drops. Politicians no longer can just do things like they're doing right now, giving Ukraine, whether you feel that we should or not, doesn't matter. You know, there's a point where you go, we don't have the money. But giving them almost $196 billion, and now they're thinking about sending more. You know, uh, while, while, while L.A., Chicago, New York, San Francisco, people are laying on the street, veterans with no place to go, no health care, I mean, to speak of. And uh, we're spending money like that. We have, we're being invaded on the South. We can put up that wall for $3 billion, but we sent $196 billion to Ukraine to protect their border. The insanity is hard to fathom, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty wild. All right, they found that jet, the F-35 stealth fighter. Oh, did they? How many pieces was it in? I don't know. 
I didn't even see the picture, but they found the debris field. The F-35 was flying over South Carolina, actually North Carolina at the time. It took off there. It had a chase plane. That one returned to base. The F-35, the pilot ejected. Something went wrong. He put it on autopilot. And the plane just kept flying all day yesterday till it crashed. My understanding is the transponder malfunctioned, and that was an issue. We don't know why the pilot ejected. Obviously, we'll get answers to that at a later time. Transponder is what uh, gives the radar signature to the air traffic controllers where they see where the plane's headed and has a little serial number. And depending on that number that you put in as a code, depends on what's happening with the aircraft. So, uh, yeah, $75 million state-of-the-art most powerful fighter jet in the entire world and we couldn't figure out where it was because well, I don't know didn't have an Apple tag isn't that insane I just I figured they'd have some kind of low jack or something on there it's only you know worth tens of millions of dollars they figured you'd put something on there better than well the old fashioned radio majigger uh, must have broken on it I mean uh, I flew for 15 years can't afford it anymore but I never had a transponder go bad ever in a really crappy little Cessna 150. Exactly. And this is a multi-million dollar jet and you mean it just fails? Yeah, it's, it's insane. You know, it's like the wheels rolling off your Rolls Royce as you're going down the highway. I figured for that kind of money, I'd expect it to maybe still work. You know. It's a military plane. All right, Americans, prepare for more kidnappings. Why? Because we've proven to our adversaries that kidnapping is profitable. That's what we've done. Do you remember when we used to not negotiate with terrorists? Now we do. Why? I don't know. I guess they think it's the woke thing to do. President Biden just released $6 billion in Iranian assets we froze here a long time ago. And also five prisoners for five of their prisoners. We swapped that. Wouldn't that? That would have been that, enough. That should have been the trade. Five people for five people. Why do they got to get money, too? Six. Well, it's their money, but we froze it back when the war was going on. Okay, well, do something to get the money unfrozen. Having the people only gets you more people. I mean, we heard from the uh, president of Iran because there was a whole deal that the money was only to be used for humanitarian humanitarian purposes. And apparently uh, we kind of said, okay, uh, you can only use the money and we can only release the money if it's for something good. And then the Iranian president said, oh, really? Do you believe you have the right to use that money in any way that you see fit? This money belongs to the Islamic Republic of Iran, and naturally, we will decide, the Islamic Republic of Iran will decide to, to spend it wherever uh, we need it. So basically, up are yours, uh, darker, darker. Yeah, why don't we just drop SEAL Team 6 in there and go, how would you give us the people back? We'll blow your heads off. Uh, Iranian President Abraham Raisi, that's him right there, told NBC News that what you just heard with Lester Holt and his funny round glasses. What happened? Did all our teeth fall out? What? <sighs> Jump in there. You do it for all kinds of other stuff. You got no problem sending missiles and tanks other places. Hop on in there and go, look, how would you give us our stuff back or we'll squish you? <laughs> You know, oh. several like, here's our five people to change for your five people. And I guess here's a bunch of money to go with it. Don't look at us. You know, there, there's, a, there's a clear problem here. And I think uh, just about a month ago, Joe Rogan uh, summed it up with this audio. Joe Biden's been a goof his whole career. Yeah, that's it right there. I mean, this guy makes... I hardly think he's the one brokering the deals. He's eating tapioca, spinning around his chair in the corner of the new situation room while everybody else is handling stuff. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, he, he, every decision he makes is is either bad for the United States or uh, just bad simply because it doesn't follow any rules of common sense. He's just, he's a goof. I mean, he's just, it's horrible. And the people behind him, they're all a bunch of woke idiots. They don't know anything about reality. They really don't. And we're suffering for it. But, hey. Hunter Biden is suing the IRS. He's suing the IRS. Good luck. Because he says they're trying to embarrass him. Embarrassing? No, you do that yourself, buddy. You were the one who, like, put your laptop in a repair shop with videos of you smoking crack in your underwear, all right? You do that all on your own. You don't need any help. This disgraced son of a Biden... Final lawsuit Monday against two Internal Revenue Service whistleblowers, which, by the way, these two whistleblowers, in case you don't remember from previous programs, are quite credible. As a matter of fact, one of the leading FBI agents uh, said, no, these guys are on the level. And so far, they've proven to be on the level, and everything they've said pretty much has factual backup. So, yeah, so he's suing them for telling the truth. It's pretty clear that uh, there probably would have, it's pretty clear that uh, there probably would have never been a plea deal or even an effort to resolve this case without the whistleblowers coming forward. And I'd like to point out one little fact that came out in the pleading that was filed by the defense, and they have four law firms on this case representing the Biden family. Uh, they referenced in their pleading yesterday that the prosecutors reached out to them in May of 2023, just this past May, to uh, give an invitation to initiate plea discussions. That's a pretty crucial fact when you look at the timeline of what was happening with the whistleblowers come forward. If you were- Yeah, as soon as the whistleblowers came forward, to show you how, how important they were, um, they weren't willing to make any kind of plea deal, but as soon as the uh, whistleblowers came forward and said, yeah, it's not, you know, there's a whole thing behind this. It's, it's, it's called, um, you know, paying for influence when President Biden was Vice President Biden and Hunter was a sales guy and Biden was just a product. You know, when all that came out and we shined a little bit of light on it, all of a sudden they wanted to do a plea deal. Then when they went down there to do the plea deal where he would get off on those gun charges, they snuck something into the diversion program documents on page 15 where it said, now, if we agree to this plea deal and we agree to the diversion program, then Hunter will be immune to any other charges for the rest of his life. Yeah, can you believe that? I would love to get something like that. Sure, I'll cop to the traffic ticket as long as I can never get arrested for anything ever again, ever. Ever, ever, ever forever, ever. And then uh, the judge, thank God, the judge uh, down there was a little more detailed than most judges and wasn't very partisan and looked through the document and said, what is this, stupid? You thought you were going to pass? It was Judge Judy. You think you're going to pass one over on me? And huh? then all of a sudden the plea deal fell apart. David Weiss, who they're referring to right there, who's the one who called and initiated a plea deal after hearing about the whistleblowers. All of a sudden, his plea deal agreement with the defense fell apart. Really? Yeah, isn't that something? And the DOJ, Merrick Garland, said, oh, he's on his own. He can do whatever he wants. Really? He didn't go after him all the other charges, all the other things, all the evidence that Joe Biden's corrupt and it's because Hunter Biden sold his influence. Nah, you don't have to go after that stuff. That's David Weiss. Oh. Then all of a sudden, that's like a little kid story. Then all of a sudden, after a little while, after the plea deal fell apart, all of a sudden the DOJ appoints David Weiss as the special counsel to prosecute Hunter Biden. Uh, it's, it's, 
I don't even know if it's a Tom Clancy novel. It's not clever enough. It's awfully convenient. It is just it, unreal what's going on. You know what? Still to this day, I guarantee you that 70% of the public has no idea what's going on. And they go on national television and lie to you every day and tell you this and that. Oh, this is just a witch hunt. This is just garbage. Not true. And and you're being lied to. It's horrible. Now, how, how is this affecting Joe Biden and his decision-making efforts? Of course, he's got big meetings today. He was asked that by some reporter. Jake Sullivan was the one on the uh, podium instead of uh, Pepe Le Pew. Let's see how that went. Given the complex issues you've been talking about that the president is dealing with, and given your role being such a close advisor, I want to ask you about how you would describe to us the impact on a personal level that the president is going through with the indictment of his son. And does it have anything that you can see that affects his ability uh, to prepare or uh, his focus on these issues as he's going into a consequential week? You don't have to take it from me. You heard directly from the president that he's focused on delivering for the American people. That's true in terms of what he's trying to get done here at home. And it's definitely true in terms of what he's trying to deliver in the way of security. Yeah, that's Ned, knock it off. That's Ned Flanders. I love it. the biggest Ned. pencil neck little punk ever that to hold that position in the White House. We need to have a pencil neck competition up there. That would be a, a long, long pageant. If they did a blood test on him, I guarantee you they would find not even like a milliliter of testosterone no, in his no. whole body. No, there's none at all. But go ahead. It's 85 uh, the UN General Assembly in supporting Ukraine and, and moving forward. So that's what he's focused on. That's where his mindset is. I had the opportunity to participate in the president's daily briefing today. And yeah, yeah, I don't want to hear it. And so he's, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure the president's sitting there focused on the details of his next meeting and studying those details. Are you serious? Have he's you listened focused to him? on opening his next snack? Pack. The guy can't even finish his sentence. I don't think he's focused on anything. <laughs> it's just amazing. Maybe focus on his next vacation. When's that? In a week? <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right, Disney World. This wasn't on. I thought it was a joke. There was a bear in a tree at the Magic Kingdom. Well, you know, he wants to go to the, the park. Maybe he didn't want to pay the, you know, $1,000 ticket fee. I thought at first maybe they put the country bear jamboree uh, redesign a little bit too literal. but uh... Yeah, maybe they just uh, you know, deployed the AI bears and stuff like that. No, that's not what happened. It's nothing I've ever experienced before. I've seen wild animals at Disney, but nothing like a bear, of course. Yeah, uh, people were a little upset they couldn't get on their rides. A whole bunch of rides were closed temporarily till they captured the bear. Hannah Myers was on her way to ride Pirates of the Caribbean when she came across a group of cast members blocking the entrance to Adventureland. And I was trying to figure out what was going on and then I heard over the radio that there was an animal situation and I was like, because I could hear their radios and I was like, oh, that's not very good. <laughs> and now the bear's been captured and he's headed to the villages to be retired. Oh, wait, re retired as in like retired or they're no, just no. letting him go? No, they put him in that... Oh. National Wildlife uh, Preserve, right? Ocala National Forest there? Yeah, he goes up there, him and Boo Boo and the picnic basket, and everything's <laughs> going to end just rosy. Um, I did notice some people starting to get extremely frustrated with cast members when they said that we can't like go ride Big Thunder Mountain and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, geez, that's going to be rough. Did you see the spoiled brats with their uh, you know, wealthy parents? Because that's pretty much who can afford to go there anymore. <laughs> you yeah. know, is over there. Can't get this ride open. But there's a bear in there that could eat your children. Whatever, I have insurance. <laughs> I mean, you, you pay $1,000 for a day. <laughs> 
Florida woman is facing child neglect charges after she brought her 11-year-old son into a hotel room with two other men she used drugs with, <gasps> and then they had a menage a trois. What? Yeah, the kids in the room. What kind of scum is this? It happened on Sunday. 32-year-old Amy Kemper called 911 from the Hammock Beach Resort in reference to an unresponsive man. 60-year-old guy was pronounced dead by medical... This was in the room during the menage a trois. Kemper admitted that drug activity took place overnight with two men after deputies found narcotics and drug paraphernalia in the room. Kemper also told deputies her 11-year-old son was in the room overnight while Kemper used drugs and had the relations with the men. What kind of low-life dirtbag are you? Please check wow. here. <laughs> it's like... Dead guy. Let's stay in the villages for just a second. I need the uh, the shocking music because this is oh, going to be shocking. shocking. Yeah, let's see if I got any. I used to have some... Oh, man. Um, I have... Uh, you have some dum-dum-dum? I have something close. Okay, okay. Keep it queued up. Here we go. <clears throat> A man from the villages has been charged in a federal case for allegedly receiving nearly 1,900 misbranded erectile dysfunction pills. Yeah, that's not powerful enough. Oh, wow. Well. I wanted something more like... See, that's got more hair oh. on it. Yeah. He was planning on selling them. U.S. Attorney Roger B. Handberg. Handberg. Announced the charges Friday. Reginald Odell Kinser, 77, would face up to a year. Are you going to stick the guy in prison for trying to sell erection pills? Are you serious? I mean, we got a lot of crime going on. I don't think this is one of the worst ones in the world. Is he a hardened criminal? <laughs> I don't know, but he better bone up on his legal advice. Oh. Is it? I mean, I don't know. Is his lawyer working for money or is he pro bono? Oh, <laughs> I think the defense is sagging. <laughs> <sighs> well, you know. so, uh, well, that's, you know, the guy's just trying to make a little extra money. Leave him alone. He could pay a fine up to $10,000 if convicted in one year in prison of hard time. <laughs> Surely you can't be serious. I am. <laughs> why, 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 you know... It's not like it's crack or fentanyl. No. He's just trying to help the community in a way. Yeah, it's hard work, though. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> I think so. Surfer in South Carolina, from South Carolina, recalled the uh, frightening moment he got bit in the face. Bit by in the a face? Bit in the face by a shark in New Smyrna. Mark oh. Somerset, 38, was surfing. Oh, this is the guy from last week? Yeah, he finally uh, able to speak. He never saw the shark coming. I felt this pressure on my face. It felt like a bear trap. I think he just ripped down a little bit. Five, sharks have five rows of teeth, so... He told me up pretty bad. Somerset Ooh. told us he spotted around 10 the day before. I spoke to my girlfriend and I was like, it's crazy. All these sharks here, something's, something's going on. Like, I don't know if it was intuition or something, but I felt oh. like I was going to get bit. Still, Somerset acknowledges he's entering the shark's environment and has a hunch what triggered the confrontation. <laughs> His gold chain. Look at Robbie. It thought I was a fish. The scales on the fish. And he grabbed my face because of that. I believe I'm almost 100% certain of that. As for whether he'll get back wow. on the surfboard again, 
The 38-year-old says that's a no-brainer. If I die surfing, I die a happy man. Well, you're going to die, that's for sure. <laughs> Dude, bit in the face. And then later on, this story was interesting. In Texas, uh, this uh, huge Mako shark, this was a huge shark. Uh, he kind of came on shore, and this guy helped him out. A Texas couple celebrating their anniversary oh, on Pensacola Beach happened to stumble upon this. That is a Mako shark. The wife was videotaping as her husband went out there. She and a group of men tried to take it by the tail fin and drag it back into the ocean. My favorite part about this was, and she says, quote, look at them freaking teeth. Yes, true words I think have never been said. And you know what, guys? I do like shark stories that end positively, as it did in this case. Yeah, it's amazing. Five rows of teeth. Dude. I mean, a bear trap just... Right what, on the face. And what's amazing is when these five guys grab the tail fin, the shark can't do anything. And, you know, you think an animal like that is so ferocious, so enormous, so strong, and five rows of teeth, and when you grab them by the tail I fin... you just whip around and grab somebody's arm. You can't. It's funny. They can't. It's weird. I'm so, Somebody there must have known something about it's fish. Like trying to lick your own elbow. It's, yeah, exactly. It was very strange. It was like I was watching the shark, and he, there's not much he could do. Anyway, every now and then, we get a close-up look at politics from the very top. So off to the White House we go. The President of the United States. Good morning, Joe Biden. Hey, good morning, Lick Pasty. Always good to be on with you and JoJo and Duck Quack, man. Yeah, JoJo's not here today. It's just me and... Oh, JoJo. And crack uh, smoke. <laughs> anyway, um, well, I'm sure it's been a tough week for you personally, as your son Heiner, a uh, Heiner, <laughs> son Hunter was indicted last week. Three charges on federal gun uh, charges. Now, uh, look, folks, I'm a practicing Catholic, so I believe in the famous scripture passage that says, let he who is not cheated on his wife with his dead brother's widow while high on crack, while buying guns lying about crack with a prostitute by his side, cast the first stone. I, I, I don't think cast that's the first stone. I don't think that's part of the scripture. Yeah, so. I don't think yeah uh, but regardless, I have a bad feeling this isn't the last of the indictments for my dear boy. I keep waiting for the other orthopedic shoe to drop. So um, how are you handling this uh, with, you know, Hunter? Oh, I tell you what, man, it's been tough. Like, for the past several days, I haven't been able to get over 13 hours of sleep a night, Jack. The stress will do that to you. Yeah, well, how's the family and the first lady holding on? Oh, Jilly, God love her. She believes with all her heart that things are going to work out for themselves. You know, she really believes it. Yeah, that's not just the contact high she gets from hugging Hunter. <laughs> oh, boy. Hunter was indicted on three counts stemming from the fact that he failed to disclose that he was a recovering drug addict when he bought a gun uh, and he was filling out a federal form. Do you think Hunter will serve some jail time on this? Oh, he could totally end up going to jail, man. But but that's not necessarily a bad thing. He got busted on a gun charge. He, he's got a drug problem, and, and then he's doing time. That screwed up bastard could be the next big thing in rap music. All he's got to do to learn is uh, learn how to rhyme. Well, it's, uh, it's all he's got. <laughs> Hunter also filed a lawsuit against the IRS, uh, saying that the, the whole disclosure of his taxes by the IRS agents violated his privacy. Ooh. Hey, look, folks, here's the deal. The lawsuit says the IRS targeted and sought to embarrass my son. Now, sure, Hunter does a great job of all that by himself, <laughs> but you can't do that, man. You can't do that. My supporters say they don't know who to root for, the IRS or my baby boy. 
because they dislike both. So I guess it'll have to be a, co- a coin toss. All right. Well, sir, I have another question. You're not gonna you're not gonna like this one regarding the impeachment inquiry that is being opened up against you. Why are you asking me this, man? Peaches aren't even in season now, anyhow. No, no, no not peaches. Impeachment, sir. How do you define the fact that this letter was sent out by the White House to all the major news outlets, basically telling them how to cover the impeachment inquiry? With all due respect. President Biden, it sounds like a blatant attempt to steer coverage in your favor. You can't do hey, that. How about you ask me about the six trillion jobs I've created over the past three months? Yeah. Bidenomics, pal. Look it up. Look it up, bub. Yeah. Jeez, oh, Pete, I can't believe this is happening. If you based it off dead person votes alone, I'd be the most popular person in the world. The, the world. Well, I mean... You dream on and moving on, Mr. President. You, you've got a busy week in New York, and starting with your speech in the United Nations uh, General Assembly this morning, you're also meeting with foreign leaders, including Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu and the leader of Brazil, uh, President Lula da Silva. Is there anything else I'm leaving out here? Oh, your guess is as good as mine, Jack. I didn't know I was doing any of that crap, so thanks for telling me. Well, glad we could fill you in, sir. To tell you the truth, I enjoy meeting every one of those great leaders, but my favorite guy has to be the Brazilian president there, Lola Falana. I always start singing that song to him, man. You know the one, his name is Lola. No. He likes the showgirls. All right, so Jill's out today again. She's got strep, um, um, nasal infection, uh, some kind of, uh, I don't know. It's its a litany of stuff, so she's going to be out for a couple of days. But in for her is Smokestack, who refuses to do the Katy Perry story. Oh, uh, the Katy, what, because she sold all her music? Yeah. Congrats on your more millions of dollars, Katy. Anyway, next. <laughs> well, guys, I mean... There's people that care out there about Katy Perry. About Katy Perry getting more rich? Who? Yeah. I don't Show know. of hands, anybody? No, I'm sure they do. No, 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 nobody? You sure? No? All right. I see. Okay. Now, this one, I'm sure Jill would have something to argue about. What's that? The average person considers their home to be completely clean for only 11 days of the year, according to new research. It's tough. I mean, I I have 20,000 cats and dogs and, you know. You have a bit more of a difficult job than most. We work. We both work. And there's limited time. But uh, we try to keep it clean and uh, it's tough. Yeah. Recent survey of about 2,000 U.S. homeowners and renters finds it takes them an average of five days to actually start cleaning and sanitizing their home after they first decide it needs the makeover. And then they say they spend an average of six days per year doing that cleaning. So to that end, about 68% will devote an entire day to cleaning and sanitizing a specific room. And for just over half of respondents, that room is the kitchen. Other people spend a full day on the bathroom or the living room or the bedroom or the home office. A full day to clean a bathroom? Are you serious? Who does that? Maybe everybody's got more square footage than me, but I can usually at least do two rooms at at a time. Dude, I got the master bedroom. It doesn't take a day to clean it. I mean, maybe... Are you doing your clean or are you doing Jill's clean where you're like scrubbing the baseboards? With your no, toothbrush? even if you scrub the baseboards and the tiles and everything, it would take maybe an hour and a half a, a day. What are you like? What are you doing? Are you squeezing through events like Bruce Willis? What? In uh, Die Hard? Oh, cleaning no. Cleaning all the dust out? No. yippee ki where's your broom? 
I don't know. I, my house definitely could. Yeah, it's really the bathroom, the kitchen at this point in the game. My concern is the garage, which has turned into. I don't have any place left in my house. <laughs> Nowhere. I've been thrown out of everything. Um, the I've only been thrown out of everything. Well, pretty He's much. I mean, but this, this is not exclusive to my to, to to my lovely wife Ange. This is exclusive to any uh, any guy who's married to a woman. Most of the time, you slowly become just. A heap of trash and thrown out in garbage. So you're trying to get in the den and the velvet ropes up there, and the bouncer's like, "You're not on the list, Rick." I got a microscopic office, microscopic office left, and the garage. In the garage, I can be sitting in the garage, and a big bag of garbage will come hurling through the inside of the house into the garage. It's a garbage can. Then, of course, I'm expected to get up and throw it in the trash. That's all I got left. Why? Here's an idea: just put the trash can wherever the garbage gets thrown inside the garage. Make it a game. No, I don't put trash can in where I live. I live in a garage, and no trash can is in my garage. The yeah, trash can is for the bears. Oh, all right. Why is your office so small now? It's the smallest room in the house. We need the other rooms for the guests. Well, the guests, the oh. guests are coming. And then we need for the grandkids. We need another room for the grandkids with the two beds, and they come once a year. We have to have that room. So you're relegated to a small closet, just you and your lonely pretty, computer, just wedged in a corner. A wedged is is pretty close to accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the garage is just big. I have to, you know, I have to get that. Uh, that's my uh, living space, and it's always not to mention it's 130 degrees in there. But how many uh, bathrooms do you have access to these days? Oh no, the bathrooms are not. Uh, I still have access to the bathrooms, but that's probably coming at some point. Has it got a stench now? What the bathroom? Why would I have a stench? Well, some bathrooms stink. No, it doesn't stink. Oh, you're not in there just... No. Oh. Well, if you were, you should throw some garlic at your toilet. Oh, really? That seems to be a uh, uh, fun way to get rid of the uh, scent. Scent of what? You know what? You don't flush? What are you talking about? I don't know. I tend to flush. I keep matches and a candle in there because that's my way of getting rid of any... (laughs) dookie scents that happen to be lingering in the air but uh, some people are saying all you need is to take a single clove of garlic and drop it in your toilet bowl before you go into bed and as you sleep the garlic releases its natural aroma which uh, comes from something called allicin it's known for its antibacterial and antifungal properties and those compounds go to work neutralizing any odors so I said the bathroom smells like garlic in the morning I don't know if it smells like garlic. The chemicals in the garlic neutralize any bacteria, which is what usually provides the stink. So put some garlic in your toilet and in your food. I mean, but then again, I kind of grew up with the Star Trek Next Generation with Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Make it so, number one. Make number two, and then come back and make number one. And then you had Commander Riker with the beard, and he was always trying to get busy with every alien chick that walked onto the <laughs> ship. Well, that that goes back to the original Star Trek when uh, Shatner was always trying to make it with the aliens. Well, that was a, first it was Uhura, yeah. and then it was, uh, I know he, didn't he get all amorous with an alien? I yeah. thought he did. I like your purple tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, Jonathan Frakes, who was Commander Riker in the uh, Next Generation mm-hmm. thing, and um, 
he joined Patrick Stewart and a few of the other castmates um, from a. They did that spinoff series, Picard, where they put old uh, Patrick was, Stewart out there. Where they all lived in a home in Florida. Yeah, it seemed to look that way. They're all playing pickleball, but I didn't watch the, the newer one. But I, didn't I see guess that. they're moving forward with a different, you know, movies and series and TV shows. And uh, there hasn't been any word of another sequel series pick it up after the whole Picard thing. Who watched the Picard? I didn't even know it existed. I, I, well, it was one of those like you had to have Paramount Peacock Plus and a half in order. And what, to, what, what was it about? Was it he lived? What, what was? Uh, it's old Picard. I guess everybody's just old. You what, know? Was it in space? Did they have a spaceship? Oh, it's always in space. Oh, I mean, so he still like was involved. He was still involved in going beyond where nobody goes before. He still I think he it. was just, you know, going beyond to his space bathroom and then to his space kitchen and his space friends would show up to his space kitchen and they drink space beer together. Gotcha. But uh, I guess uh, Frakes was saying that he was uh, satisfied how things were left. But he says there's still potential to move the story forward. Why is this a story? Are they going to move forward or not? I don't you won't know. do. There's a lot of speculation lately on about you know spinoffs and reunions and everything. You don't want to do the in sync reunion possibility because you told me well they're not reunion they're not getting back together you know when they do we'll do the story but you'll do this. Well this has a whole cast behind it. The but they're not doing reunion. It. Justin Timberlake's not trying to hang out with those guys. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying you wouldn't do the NSYNC story because, like, who cares? They're not getting back together. It's just speculation. But here we got a story about Star Trek, Picard, and all these people trying to thinking getting back together. But it's all speculation. You won't do the story, but you'll do this Well, one. the entire cast got together to say that. So what? Okay, so the whole NSYNC got together to say that. All right. Well, you know, never mind then. I'm defending On the NSYNC. So a man in Australia sued a hospital where he was watching his wife deliver a baby. Now she had to have the C-section. This is in 2018. The The husband is claiming that it caused him psychotic illness. What did? Having to watch his wife's C-section. And now he's suing the hospital. For what? Well, he for, says... For, saving, the, for, getting his, for having his baby? He says the experience led to a breakdown of his marriage. He alleges that he was encouraged and permitted to observe the delivery, and in the course of doing so, he saw his wife's internal organs and blood. Oh, so he every time every time he goes to uh, to get get busy with her, he sees Caligula. <laughs> I guess what, he's, what is he, what? he's claiming the hospital breached a duty of care it owed to him and is liable to pay him damages. Well, why didn't he's he leave the room when they were cutting into her? Because they encouraged him to come watch the birth. Oh, well, then he's it's his decision, though. He didn't have to stay there, did he? Well, he's suing him for a billion Australian dollars. <laughs> Whatever. Are you one of the many unfortunate husbands who had to witness your wife's gross C-section? Well, you may be entitled to financial compensation. And at the law offices of Ew, Yuck, and Gross, we'll help get you money. What do you were like, Ew, yikes, ugh. When you saw the doctor cut into your wife's belly, or if you were like, no, 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 no. When you saw that slimy baby get yanked out of her, oh, wow. I'm feeling woozy just thinking about it. Uh, listen to this satisfied client while I gather myself. Um, my husband can't talk right now. He's busy throwing up. I don't know what the big deal is. It's a natural part of life. And Are you kidding me? There's nothing natural about that. It's so gross. Why? Why does something so gross have to happen? Okay, calm down. So what are you waiting for? If you had to watch that disgusting thing happen, call the law offices of Ew, Yuck, and Gross. Making the law work for you. Say, habla espanol. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> Stupid idiot, smarty pants, stupid, stupid idiot. Stupid news with Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. I think this is pretty deserving of the museum. Uh, Danish artists who pocketed large sums of money given to him by the museum to produce some artwork. Well, he has to give it back now, according to a court. Here's what happened. 
the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in Alborg, northern Denmark, uh, paid this guy to recreate two earlier works. The two earlier works were two frames, one of them depicting the meager wages that Danish workers make annually. It displayed notes fixed on the canvas in a frame. And the second work was from 2011, Austrian income for workers. It had euro bills pasted on there to the amounts they make annually to, you know, kind of a protest of how little they get paid. Well, the museum was impressed by those works, so they provided him $50,000 from its reserves to recreate artworks, as well as an artist fee of $3,700. Well, they finally got the box after he completed the artwork. They were very excited. But when the staff unpacked the box and two frames came out, there was nothing on the canvas except the words, take the money and run. Oh, really? <laughs> the museum sued. The judge agreed. Now he has to pay the money back. I don't agree. No, I mean, art is subjective. Yeah, I think this is art. I think this is very good art. And I think it it, it pretty much establishes what he did to the museum. And I don't, I, I think the judge is wrong. Totally. You know, yeah, so, you're paying him to be a cheeky artist, and that's what he's doing. And it's all—it's all a bunch of crap. So you deserve what you get. You know, I mean, you can find it to be in poor taste and be disappointed in the product, but at the same time, what is art? Really? I mean, not only that, it's functional art. The other art wasn't really functional; it was just a display. It was a protest. This one is actually functional because he's in the artwork, intrinsic, he, intrinsically. He's telling the museum, "Hey, this is what I'm doing. It's active art. It's art that is." Is flowing. <laughs> it is action art. Yeah, that's what Hunter Biden says when he glues crack rocks to the canvas before adding the paint and the final gesso layer. Right. I can't believe the judge ruled in favor of the museum. He must be one of the one of the members. Oh God, here we go. New York City. Have you seen the picture of the garbage cans? Oh, yeah. I can't believe those cost that much. Okay, I lived in Manhattan. I, li- I didn't live in Manhattan. I worked in Manhattan many years. It doesn't matter what you do. You could do anything, the nicest thing in the world, to you know, adorn the streets and make things a little better. It'll be destroyed in days. But, you know, they keep trying. And I think this is also the grease the palms of people that have probably contributed some money at some point to some politician who is in these districts. But New York is spending $1,000 per trash can For New York City streets, the cans designed by Group Project have a lightweight plastic liner inside, a perforated metal and concrete shell topped by a swinging lid. Okay, the lids are going to be broken. The sides of the can will be peed on, and I'm sure somebody will climb up and take a dump right in the middle of it, staining the swinging lids. I'm not kidding. The first shipment of 300 cans, think about that. That's $300,000. $300,000. a lot of money. The 300 cans arrived this month and will be installed around the city in the next few weeks, according to the Sanitation Commissioner, Jessica Tisch. They'll be hitting the streets four weeks later than expected because of complications tied to the liner, which is made of high-density polyurethane, no, polyethylene manufactured in Portugal. They couldn't get polyethylene from Detroit. They had to go to Portugal because that's better polyethylene. Well, then they had trouble with the custom design liner. The mold didn't fit inside the metal part of the garbage can. Oh, the gorgeous outer shell is also in trouble. But they've delayed it only four weeks. They're going to arrive starting this week. They do have a $25 million contract to produce the cans in Quebec. We can't produce the cans in 
freaking Kansas. We have to go to Quebec. What's going on here? <laughs> I just don't know, man. It's like you're making this harder than it needs to be. You know why you don't drive to Miami to go to the store, Rick? Because there's one right here. Didn't Shakespeare have a line was called kill all? He said kill all the lawyers. That was how we solved the world's problems. Was that Shakespeare? I don't know if it was Shakespeare, but it seems like it might make sense. Because most politicians are lawyers. Oh, my God. All right, you get the X-Files music. An investigator who presented non-human bodies to Mexico's Congress. Remember that? We read the story last Friday. Yeah, yeah. Are they pinatas or no? Little tiny stone-like looking figures with E.T. heads. They did DNA testing. They found they were non-human. They also found eggs inside. Yeah, the only thing that weirds me out is I was looking up the guy that brought the bodies out, and apparently he's known for doing a bunch of fake UFO stuff. There you go. But this this story kind of swings me in the other direction, though. Well, he said he had, and the guy who did this, who presented the bodies, said he did nothing wrong when he's been accused by Peru of stealing the bodies. And there's a criminal probe now on how the alleged aliens left the country from Peru and ended up in Mexico. You know, if they were fake, I don't think the Peruvian government would be like, hey, bring our fake aliens back. Now, of course, the journalist and UFO enthusiast Jamie Masson unveiled two corpses alongside forensic scientists last week in what were described as watershed moments. He has suggested the mummified bodies, which he claimed to be a thousand years old, are one of the most important discoveries in human history. Uh, you know, I don't believe it. it's just like this is exactly what happened yesterday when we read the story about the big crater. Remember the big crater? Oh, yeah. It was dug by some Irish kids. Oh, dude. They had the big crater. They fought finally at the bottom. of the. It was in a beach. Finally, at the bottom of the crater, one of these UFO or meteor experts found the rock. And then he was explaining in great detail to the camera on uh, Danish TV. He was saying, this is important. What, this is a meteor. You can see the burn marks on here. And it's just amazing. Just incredible. It's a cosmic event. You can tell by here, there's a scorch mark on this side here. So that would have been at the angle that it came down at. Yeah, that's the expert. And then it turns out these kids confessed to 14-year-olds that dug the hole with Dixie cups. <laughs> Oh, that's a letdown. Yeah. So I'm thinking these two figurines were from some uh, probably uh, Universal Studios and one of the gift shops. Yeah, but like I said, with the Peruvian government's like, hey, where'd you go with our alien bodies? That kind of makes me feel some type of way because otherwise they'd be like, oh, you got some paper mache guys. That's that's cool. Yeah, we'll see what happens. A man lived underwater inside a tank in South Africa in a shopping mall for 10 days what? just to find out what would happen to him. <laughs> That's you, Who has time for stuff like that? Back in November 2002, South African diver Tim Yarrow decided to take on a huge challenge when he agreed to sit in a small pool submerged underwater for 10 whole days. At the end of the whole thing, his hands were an absolute state of what? His hands were an absolute state. Oh, because they're all pruned and gooey. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah. If you've uh, seen what happens to your mitts after spending... Oh, this is this is British talk, oh, yeah, isn't British, it? Yeah, British yeah. people. If you've seen what happens to your mitts after spending only maybe 45 minutes in the bath, imagine what they look like after, well, longer than a week in the water. It's not a pretty sight. Yarrow no. had to make sacrifices for the stunt, too. He was fed through a tube and had all of his uh, waste taken away via tube as well, using Wait. a catheter. He Oh, yeah. See, you're you're going to take 10 days to have yourself hooked up to a catheter with some straws so you can eat and poop under the water just to find out what would happen? Yep. 
Yep, and the reason the story came out now is because the TV show uh, that's called Outrageous Acts of Science has now uh, documented the whole thing, and you can see it yourself and, and really go, why, why are they filming this? Well, let me, let me ask you. Why, why, why would you... Just to find out what happens? Can I take 10 uh, days to do that? Weighty, uh, it's composition. Uh, I don't know. I mean, would you give me the time off if I wanted to just find out what happens? No. Get ready for the new show where the only limits are the contestants' imaginations. It's What Would Happen, the show where people do stuff just to see what would happen. I lived completely underwater for 10 days just to see what would happen. I don't know what happened, though. I blacked out. You won't believe the crazy things these people do just to see what will happen. Hooked a car battery up to my ears just to see what would happen. Not sure what happened, though. I blacked out pretty early on. It's What Would Happen. I've been eating nothing but dead squirrels for six days, and I, oh, oh, man. Oh, what happened? I blacked out for a second there. Don't miss it. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. I like his jokes. They're jokes, right? Stream it now. 1059sunnyfm.com. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun. Gone crazy. All right, it's all brought to you by Fair and Fair Boy. Have I got some audio for you right now? Right, Smoke. Oh my gosh, this is scathing. Now the uh, let me uh, let me get through how this all came about. Um, Trump was on with Meet the Press, Meet the Depressed, Meet. and um, Kirsten Welker has taken over for Chuck Todd. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd is. Donald Trump likes to call him. He does have sleepy looking eyes. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Dad. And this is all about January 6th in the beginning. And this is not about doing an interview with Donald Trump. Kristen is there to make a point that she is now in charge. She's going to get her soundbite. And at the same time, she's going to be able to do her speech. I'm a hard hitting reporter. Yeah. There's nothing about this. This is not about news. This is about framing. This is about taking a little soundbite and using it the rest of the week to frame the candidate, Donald Trump, who is now leading. We know this by almost 60 points for the nomination for his party. But he's also leading Joe Biden. Eight polls, eight different polls show him leading Joe Biden. Well, that, that's, yeah. Can't uh, finish a sentence. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't finish my, 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 my sandwiches. Independents determine who gets elected president. They really do. And in this case, I think a lot of people are just, the you know, what are you going to do? You're going to vote for a guy who's senile, has dementia, could get us blown up, has done everything against the country, or just through not using any common sense, I think he has none. It's depleted and maybe never had any, you know, or is the mean tweet guy, orange man, pick orange man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I got to say things might have, regardless of whether you like them or not, things seem to be better when you look at the numbers when it was orange guy. Yeah. It's always one jerk or the other. You might as well have the one that was least doing good. First set of questions was about January 6th and Donald Trump and everybody knows there was about 100,000 people headed to the Capitol building. Nancy Pelosi knew it. AOC knew it. Everybody knew it. Chuck Schumer. And they pretty much did nothing. And that's what Trump's point is here. Now, if he can get through Kristen Welker interrupting him, he might be able to make that point. Did you call military or law enforcement at the moment the Capitol was under attack? I'm not going to tell you anything. I okay. told, I, Nancy Pelosi turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't do that. But and now Nancy I understand, I understand that, that you the police have testified what? Well, this isn't even an interview. This is uh, just yelling at each other. Why am I playing that? It's the wrong clip. Anyway, um, they go on to argue about it. Hold on. This is really pissing me off now. What do you got going on over there? 
I don't know. Something's wrong with the audio, but... Uh, salad on the keyboard again. Let me pick it up here. Uh, frankly, just so you understand. Okay, here it is. So he goes back to uh, what happened January 6th. Nancy Pelosi refused Trump's 10,000 troops. The mayor refused to have any assistance. And it wasn't until the last minute, because they knew days ahead of time this was coming. It wasn't until the last minute they accepted the National Guard. And by that time, it was really too late. They brought in the National Guard... To direct traffic. They told him, don't bring any weapons. Uh, frankly, just so you understand, I assumed that she took care of it. She turned down. So when you realized that, that the National Guard wasn't coming? Well, you, didn't, you don't realize anything until quite a while. National Guard not coming. I, yes, I asked it to be there three days in advance, and she turned it down. She says that that request was never officially made. Oh, just stop so it. you know. L- let, let me just tell you. Let me ask the you about mayor of D- The mayor of D.C., gave us a letter saying that she turns it down. Okay, we have it. Nancy Pelosi also was asked, and she turned it down. The police commissioner- I'm talking about Capitol the day police, of the- Capitol Police said that he wanted it, and Nancy Pelosi wouldn't accept it. She's responsible for January Let's- 6th. Yeah, that was the point he was trying to make. It's, uh, you know, to, I don't understand these people. You know, if, if you're going to do, what happened to, jur- there's no more journalism. I mean, that's not journalism. That's somebody yelling at somebody, trying to interrupt them, trying to steer the conversation in the way that they can get their soundbite so they can use the soundbite all week on TV to separate supporters from whoever the candidate is. That's what that's all about. So anyway, now the paste of resistance. Oh, give me the paste. So for those of you who don't know what Project Veritas is, why don't you explain it real quick? You're better at that. Uh, James O'Keefe is this guy that had a Project Veritas, and they're like a a journalism outfit, but they were all based on uh, undercover video and getting the evidence direct from the people's mouths. And uh, a lot of times their reports were very hard-hitting because of that, you know? They, uh, for example, when CNN, um, when Trump uh, didn't win in 2020, CNN didn't do an interview. It was a date. The executive director for CNN went on a date. He was hoping to get a little something-something after working hard getting Trump out of office for all those months. So he was bragging to the date that their whole their whole plan was to help get Trump out of office. Well, actually, they think they did it solely themselves. And then they said, well, the next thing to make, keep Americans fearful is climate change. And he explained how they're going to do that. A lot of polar bears mm-hmm. dying. A lot of melting ice. We'll just keep showing that over and over again. That's what Project Veritas does. Yeah. Undercover reporting but in the best way. You get it right from the horse's mouth. Not sources nearby or yeah. somebody in the office next door maybe overheard. It's like usually very, you know, damning video evidence. Now, this wasn't done by one of their undercover sources. This was done, some of it was done by Nancy Pelosi's daughter. Yeah, because she was, I guess, following her because she's a filmmaker or whatever. So she's following, you know, her mom, Nancy Pelosi, through, you know, the Capitol doing the whole thing with her running to the office and hiding under the desks. And what are we going to do? Somehow, James O'Keefe, much like when he got the uh, diary of Biden's daughter that contained within the details and how she used to uncomfortably have to shower with her father. And then the FBI raided his house in the middle of the night just to get it back. Same thing here. You see, he got this video somehow and put it online. He got fired for it. He's running his own outfit now. However, now the video's out. This is January 6th inside the Capitol building. First part is Nancy Pelosi. Here we go. 
video that shows Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden discussing what to do and deciding to frame the protesters. These people have crossed the line by threatening our democracy. I've given a shoot to kill order for any breach of the speaker's lobby. Did you hear that? She gave the, sh- this is Nancy Pelosi, she oh. gave the shoot to kill order for to anybody any- that it- enters the lobby. Meanwhile, first of all, that's how Ashley Babbitt got shot and killed. Unarmed Trump supporter climbing through a window. Uh, was it was it uh, Capitol Police shot her dead? Yeah, but what about the Buffalo guy? Because we saw a video well, of that, him getting walked through. Is that not in the lobby area? No, that's not in the lobby area. But the point being is while that was given, that order was given to shoot anybody that comes in the lobby, you know, Capitol Police are escorting people into the building on other sides of the building through other doors. You know, we still haven't determined who that guy was that was cutting tape, moving barricades, and waving people in. No, this was a this was a cluster. The whole thing was a cluster. And Nancy Pelosi just told the president that she gave the order to shoot and kill anybody that came in the Capitol building. And it goes on. Every one of these maggots must be prosecuted. Yes, I agree. No more protests in our Capitol. Every one of these, this is Nancy Pelosi, this is people who voted for her. Every one of these maggots, that's how she refers to uh, voters, must be uh, prosecuted. And hence, they were. Okay, it really, like you said, the guy selling hot dogs across the street even got it. Now, here we go. This is the rest of the video that we have available to us. The video paints a troubling picture of the political power brokers attempting to spin the narrative to protect their own interests. This is not just about the protesters, but about the lengths to which those in power will go to protect their own interests. We will now show you this video and let you decide for yourself what really happened on that fateful day. This this is the part that shocked me. Uh, The way Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez speaks to Nancy Pelosi and the president. And when you see this, you'll gleam for it the amazing amount of power that this little twit has over these people. It's scary. I don't know why. Because it's it's Joe and Nancy in, in one office, and then she's like zooming in through the television from her office. Because she wasn't there. She was in a building across way, way far away from the Capitol building. But just to hear this is shocking. It really is. Listen, here we go. Roll it. Listen, sweetheart, let the men handle it. That's another thing. Joe Biden saying, did you hear that? <laughs> Listen, sweetheart. Sweetie, let the men handle it. That's your president. Anyway, can you imagine if Trump said that? <laughs> actually, I could actually hear him saying that. He'd definitely get in trouble for it, probably. Yeah, here we go. Why don't you let me finish? Congressional staffers were almost killed. I thought I was going to die. This is an adult discussion. The public doesn't fear us anymore, and you better do something. The public doesn't fear us anymore. Wow. See, we're not... The, the, you, he, that's a good thing. We're not supposed to fear our government. When we fear our government, things have gone overboard. I mean, that's when the whole democracy thing, they keep saying that, oh, democracy's at risk. No, democracy's over when you fear the government. It's supposed to be the other way around. So AOC better get it right. Rewind that just a bit to hear it one more time. Oh, what am I supposed to do? Do your job, Nancy. Did you hear that? Hey, well, play the whole thing. You keep stopping it. Okay, she's talking to Nancy Pelosi. All right. Alexandria, let's go. Oh, it keeps going. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I can't get this thing to go back. It's an ancient piece of garbage I have to work with. 
Yeah, you got the stone abacus over there. Oh, my God. Audio. It's just horrible. Let's take a... No, it won't go back. Hold on, hold on. The video... Sorry. Give me one second here to reset it. All right. Same way. I do a lot of sweethearts. <laughs> here we go. Let me see. Video that shows Alexandria... Okay, that's not it. I'm having trouble here. I don't know what's going on. Let me see here. It's one piece. Just click the thing. It's not that. It's the play line. It's not moving from where it is. Video that shows Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden discussing what to do and deciding to frame the protesters. I've given a shoot to kill order for any breach of the speaker's lobby. Every one of these maggots must be prosecuted. Yes, I agree. No more protests in our capital. Jeez. Part two. The video paints a troubling picture of the political power brokers attempting to spin the narrative to protect their own interests. This is not just about the protesters, but about the length to which those in power will go to protect their own interests. We will now show you this video and let you decide for yourself what really happened on that fateful day. Listen, sweetheart, let the men handle it. Are you even listening to Why don't you let me finish? Congressional staffers were almost killed. I thought I was going to die. This is an adult discussion. The public doesn't fear us anymore, and you better do something. Paul, what am I supposed to do? Do your job, Nancy. Alexandria, let's both be patient and no, respectful no. of each other's ideas. Let's, let's take a step back and look at the big picture. Oh, Joe, I don't you have anything to say to you. If we don't make sure those who perpetrated this mayhem are brought to justice, we are all dead. This was a mostly peaceful protest. I don't care why they were there. Violence, non-violence, doesn't matter. We can't allow those who showed up to get away with it. They can't allow protesters to get away with it. It, it, it wow. That's just stunning. Stunning. That is incredible. Stunning. Like, I, to he, there's so many little things to pick apart. One, Joe with the whole... Yeah, I do a lot of sweethearts. Oh, sweetheart. Yeah, let the men take care of this. <laughs> and then you have her going, do your effing job, Nancy. She's like, well, the protests were mostly peaceful. Well, well I'm sorry, one more time, Nancy. The protests for what? No, mostly it, peaceful. It's unreal. How come this is not national news? How is this possible? Because the government runs that stuff, man. Yeah, but I mean, the video's out there. You can find it. I found it yesterday. I mean, I don't know if I... I love that it took us this long to get it. it. It took a long time. But I mean, just that the guy who got this video was fired for this... And last time was raided by the FBI because he happened to end up with the journal from Biden's daughter that alleged that her dad would take uncomfortable showers with her. You know? I mean, it's just wild to think. Like, imagine you're one of the people that got 20 years in federal prison, you know, didn't have a phone call or anything for the first year. You're locked up there as a political prisoner because... Andrea Ocasio-Cortez needs you to fear the government. And you will quake in your boots. Is she in charge? What's going on? How do you talk to a president... How do you talk to a president or speaker of the house like that? I mean, honestly, I'd talk to either one of them like that. I don't care. I but understand that. Time, but I mean, like, she's, in, she's in Congress. It's it's very evident to show you like what these people think of you. You're just some slime bucket that needs to be fearful of them. It's unreal. And if you're not gonna, you know, be afraid of the government. All right, well, we're going to punish all these people so you are afraid. You won't come to the Capitol next time you want to protest or something because look what happened to these people. you got to make an example out of them. You know, it's like the, the current equivalent to hanging them in the town square, putting them in those little shackle things while everybody throws cabbage at them. Like, it's... <laughs> cabbage? It's wild.
AOC over there. I could have died. Is that why you're zooming in from a different part of the city? Isn't that something? Oh, there, there is there is a lot more in there that just I am just I'm blown away as to how how this woman that's just a, a representative from the Bronx in New York who's who was a bartender who won a contest to get that position of course was voted in simply because she's Hispanic. I mean it's you know it's that thing again judge somebody by the color of their skin not by the the their character or their integrity. But that that power corrupts man look at her. They need to fear us. Nancy Pelosi, every one of these maggots needs to be prosecuted. Yeah, isn't that something? That's what they think of you. So next time you go to give 40% of your paycheck to the government. <laughs> well, you don't have a choice, really. Uh, see, why? Okay. Why? We, 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 you we, go ahead and don't pay your taxes. Are you afraid of them, Rick? I'll visit you and Hunter. <laughs> Me, uh, well, see, I, th- there's a difference there. There's a difference there. What are you gonna? Cl- you're gonna claim your your uh, sovereign state? No, no. Like I'm just gonna, you know, uh, uh, file the philanthropic, you know, philanthropic art purchases and oh, call I that see. A day. So you're gonna cheat on your taxes? Everybody does. Okay. <laughs> I just it's harder for me because I don't own my own business. And you don't. Ha- and you do you have any artwork? I'll make some. I don't care. Like, right. What did that Danish guy do? Poop on a canvas? He <laughs> put a banana, taped it to the wall. See, there you go. That's art. And finally, the F-35 stealth fighter worth $75 million. So stealthy, no one could find its no. crashed remains. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Took off from North Carolina base up there with a, um, with a uh, companion aircraft. That one turned around and landed after the pilot of the F-35 ejected. He's in the hospital. It's going to be fine. Uh, but the aircraft was set on autopilot, and apparently something went wrong. My understanding is the transponder malfunctioned, and that was an issue. Uh, we don't know why the pilot ejected. Obviously, we'll get answers to that at a later time. Transponder is a very old piece of technology. I mean, I'm sure in this aircraft, it's not the little radio looking thing I had when I flew general aviation aircraft. I'm sure it's very complex now and it's inside some other you know, I'm sure it's not even it's not even hardware any longer. But there's a thing called a transponder. It sends out a signal and ATC traffic control picks it up and they can see your location and what code you're broadcasting. So um, I just find it funny that that equipment malfunctions on such an expensive jet. You know, if it works on the tiny little beat up Cessna down at the you know, old Jeb's airstrip but, right, you know, here you got a thirty-five bazillion dollar jet, and we can't even seem to. I guess it malfunctioned. Did you now, see the Babylon B headline? No, where it shows the army guys clicking the key fob for the for the jet, trying to find it in the woods. <laughs> well, they found it. It's all that's left is a bunch of debris. Oh. Do we get our money back when this happens? Is there an insurance policy? I'd like a refund. So, Marine Corps General Eric Smith ordered the stand down of all aviation operations for two days until they could figure out what happened here. They, he said this is a Class A mishap. Surely you can't be serious. <laughs> Stop calling me Shirley. It happens time and time again. Honey, have you seen the F-35 stealth fighter jet? Did you check the sky? Yeah. Did you check under the couch cushions? Yeah. Well, not anymore with Apple airplane tags. Simply attach them to your F-35 stealth fighter jet, and they'll track your F-35 stealth fighter jet so you can find it whenever you lose it. Uh-oh, I lost the F-35 stealth fighter jet. Hang on one second. Your F-35 stealth fighter jet is located in an alley behind Burger King. Oh, right. I forgot. I flew it to Burger King.
Burger King. New Apple airplane tags. Oh, great. Now where is it? Your F-35 stealth fighter jet is parked in front of the CD motel on 3rd Street. What is it doing there, honey? Uh, how do I turn this thing off? Find your missing F-35 stealth fighter jet today. The Sunny Update. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun. The world gone crazy. All right, before we go on, I just want to point out, I got a little uh, email from somebody that said Reuters says that that uh, video was uh, deep fake parts of it. And then I looked it up. New York Post says no. Uh, some other publications say yes. And it's it's a mixed bag. So but, our investigation is ongoing. But the uh, the first part of it where she says that we can't let these uh, maggots get away with it, Nancy Pelosi, that actually is... Um, Her daughter filmed that. Filmed that. That's been so, out. Yeah, that, that one I've seen before, but the whole uh, Andrea Ocasio-Cortez, you know, do your effing job, Nancy! And Joe's like, come on, sweetheart. Come on. Yeah, it, it's it's um, it's questionable, but at the same time, it it's sounds kind of... exactly like what they'd say, though. Yeah, it's kind of suspect, though, that you would have um, pretty credible... Uh, Sources such as uh, New York Post and Wall Street Journal and some others say that it's uh, it's real. And then you have Reuters is the only one really that's out here saying that this is deep fake. It's hard to tell. I mean, you know, I admit it. So, you know, make up your own mind. You can take a look at it. Where did I get this? I mean, it makes sense to me, especially when, you know, AOC is going off about the whole we need they need to fear us. And then how many days later did he do his giant, you know, uh, the Empire Strikes Back speech in front of the White House with all the red lights and, you know. The- yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to it. What's interesting, though, Project Veritas, um, I've gone here lots of times, and it seems to me, since he was fired and they have the new CEO, um, they've wiped a lot of stories out here. I mean, remember, these are not made-up stories. This, is not, this isn't like a reporter writing anything, like Smoke said. These are actual videos of people saying stuff, but it looks like a lot of the stories have been wiped. And the one that comes to mind is the, uh, like the abortion one. Remember when the abortion clinic was selling the fetuses and parts oh, yeah. to a drug company and they caught them on tape? Yeah, so. Yeah, that, that was a good thing about that. It was always like video evidence of the thing. I mean, that's just so irrefutable, too. Now, the story they did put back up is the Ashley Biden story, which was taken down temporarily when the FBI raided James O'Keefe's house. It's back up. It says, never before seen Ashley Biden confirming famed diary is hers. The full story behind the FBI raid on the American journalists. Yeah. Really love to know what happened to James O'Keefe. Was it because of that? Oh, I'm sure all the lawsuits that got brought on from the reporting eventually was like, all right, dude, we need to. We got too many people employed here for you to bring the whole thing down in legal battles. Yeah, I've seen the new CEO before. Hannah Gills or Giles. I don't know. I don't know where she's from. I'll have to look her bio up. But um, yeah, either she, way, she doesn't seem as you know gung ho about the whole undercover. Yeah, thing. she doesn't seem. She seems very corporate. But I don't know. She could be a hound dog. We'll see. Joe's not in today. Smoke is filling in, and it's brought to you by All Electric Services. Um, this is interesting. New study from a university of uh, Georgia's Franklin College of Arts and Sciences school for the gifted or whatever uh, found that talking to another person, even if that person is a stranger, boosts people's mood more than engaging in screen time or spending time alone. I can see the screen time comparison. Spending time alone is good, too, though. Yeah, yeah, but also humans are social animals. You get too much of that, you start getting weird. You do? Yeah, that's why they have solitary confinement in prison. 
Yeah, but that's a little different. You can't go anywhere. You can't go see. You can't go in the woods. You can't play with your dog. Well, you can't do that in regular prison. I'm the not only talking way about they can prison. punish you inside a prison is to put you by yourself. Well, but you're not talking about prison. No, but it's being alone isn't exactly good for you all the time. Yeah, being alone, I know that. But I'm saying being alone sometimes is beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes that's good. You know, you end up paying too much attention to other people. But this was what they're saying. Talking in person boosts the mood more than texting. And I definitely get that. Absolutely. But Gen Z doesn't. According to a, another study out in the UK, more than a quarter of Gen Zers feel an urge to check their cell phone after less than 15 minutes of driving. Oh, yeah. More than that. You can't sit in the car for 15 minutes without touching your phone. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? You can't just check that later when you get there. This is... You know, I, like, what, what, what is that? I know people that can't put it down, that don't ever leave the phone. It's constant, constant all the time. I could see if you're a young person and that's how you were raised and that's all you know. But I, I just come from the era where they're like, you had an answering machine. You know, if I, if I called Rick at the house, he didn't answer. I could leave a message. I could call him to work. He didn't answer and I'd leave a message. Otherwise, he must be out. He'll just get to it when he gets back. But now there's this whole need to be at everyone's beck and call that, I don't know, Gen Z falls right into. Yeah. They said drivers 17-year-old and up found that one-third of them, of all ages, thought about checking their phones while driving. And one out of 12 people even admit to texting on their phones while driving, while four out of 10 confessed to using their cell phone while on the road. Oh, I think these numbers are a lot higher. I think well, yeah, being... this is probably just the UK. Oh, okay. They're being really conservative. What happened to that law we passed? Uh, I think that varies state to state because it is illegal in some states. I know it is here and a, you know, a bunch of other states, but some states I think it's still not at that point point yet. Has there been one person pulled over for texting while driving in this oh, state? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. I've seen enough people do it to where you ain't gotta be FHP to see what's going on there. The guy's watching a YouTube video, clearly not looking. You know, he's doing 40 miles an hour on I-4. I'm like, buddy, you're gonna get us all hit. <laughs> so, yeah, I could see that, though. Just 15 minutes of driving. Can you imagine on a road trip? Yeah. Really? Um, how many subscriptions do you have for things? Like, uh, on my phone? I mean, Netflix, Paramount. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Do you know. have Peacock TV? No, I don't have that. I have, Pay for uh, Adobe? Yeah. Yeah. I have Adobe. I have Apple TV. I have uh, Netflix, which I never use. I, I have a few things on my phone, but they're mostly like Password Keeper and, you know, like uh, Chrome storage, that kind of stuff. It's wild when you actually look at how much. Like, I think Apple's got it for theirs. You can, like, see what subscriptions you have. Yeah. But I went through there the other day. I was like, wait a second. I'm coughing like 50 bucks a month for stuff I'm not even using. Oh, yeah. I haven't touched a PlayStation in two months. You're paying $20 a month to play online with people that I'm not playing online with. You don't use, you don't, you don't game every day? No. Wow. I don't have time to sit in front of the TV. Oh. Got stuff you... going on now. That's why I let my Netflix go. I was like, who cares? $30. And I can, well, I have to, they're like, all right, well, look, me only one TV. You don't look at it on anyone else's TV. You're not allowed to watch it anywhere outside of your yard. Wow. You know, I can't deal with that. But there's a lot of subscriptions and entertainment subscriptions that are going up in price. So you might want to think about canceling some of this stuff. Disney Plus jumped from $11 to $14. Uh, HBO Max boosted their monthly. Of course, it's just Max now. How many iterations do you need to go through? HBO, HBO Go, HBO Go Now, HBO Put Your Shoes On and Go. And now it's, you know, HBO Max. And now it's just Max. They bumped theirs up by a dollar. Microsoft's Game Pass increased by 2 bucks a month. Um, PlayStation Plus went from $60 a year to $80 a year. Uh -huh. Spotify, of course, after like, 
you know, 10 years, raise their prices up by another dollar. Right. So, I mean, on their own, they don't seem like a lot. Like $10 here and there is not a big deal. But after you got five or six of them, next thing you know, it's like, I'm paying $100 a month for this stuff. Think is coming back. Not yeah. really. Except for Justin, there no talent hacks. Yeah. Joey Fatone has gotten really fat. Yeah. <laughs> Him and the other three should get the sack. Yeah. It's funny, I can't read Joey Fatone's name without reading it Joey Fat One in my head first. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I, uh,. I don't know if they're going to do this whole thing. I mean, they had that little surprise reunion at the uh, VMAs and announced that they've recorded a new song for the Trolls movie. Okay. So, but I think off of that hype, Joey Fatone's like, oh my gosh, tell the record label, tell them everybody you want us to come back. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe. Just please tell the record company to give us some money because we want to do the thing again. They must, they're all millionaires. What do they need money for? I'm sure they're running out of money at this point. No. Well, uh, Joey Fatone said they're excited to come out with this song. It's crazy. There's no official talk of a tour or any official additional NSYNC activities, but Joey Fatone was saying they want to see everybody get back together, and he's like, yell at the record companies, yell at Sony and RCA, tell them that you demand NSYNC. You know, so I'm sure there's a bunch of, you know, 30, 40-year-old women that are beating down the doors of RCA to get them another reunion tour. But uh, Justin Timberlake's doing his own thing. He's got an album. He's probably doing a tour. But I I don't imagine he's going to stop what he's doing to go hang out with the old crew to do the whole thing again. I think they would do great if they went on tour, no? I'm sure they would. But I feel like, you know, Tumberlump's got his own thing going on now and can't be bothered with the lesser. (laughs) It's like like Lionel Richie when he became, you know, when the Commodores versus Lionel Richie's career, which has just overshadowed the Commodores. And they're like, come on, come back, Lionel. He's like, no, I'm just going to do my own album. (laughs) Hello. Well, then we're not going to let you do Brick House. (laughs) Fine. I'll just sing You Are and Sail On. Um, This is weird. We've had a few of these people on on before where it's um, the people that have like the baby dolls and they get real weird over them like the rubber babies oh oh, they think they're real yeah yeah there's this girl uh, Jess Ellis 27 years old and her fiance Avery 33 their mom and dad to 13 fake babies they change diapers with I guess nothing in them and uh, take them out in strollers I'm sure you could put a little chocolate syrup in there and have it squirt out the other end (laughs) yeah these are the hyper realistic ones so they look like real babies well they must have functions like real babies then Uh, she said she started uh, collecting these things during the height of the pandemic when she was feeling lonely she says I've always loved babies and there's something very calming about holding a baby but it bees rubber so it's pretend but um, she says, we've had a few babies in my family. I have a goddaughter that was always my favorite. Um, it's always my favorite stage when somebody had a baby. Being able to hold a newborn is very special. So she started buying all these little dolls. They're like $700 a piece. I'm surprised they're that low. Yeah, she spent nearly almost $8,000 now on her collection, which includes a one-month-old, an eight-month-old, um, a three-month-old, a newborn, another she, newborn. They've she, all got fun names like Cookie and Peepa and Charlie and... Uh, I just can't even with this thing. With I mean, she's pushing the stroller with the pretend baby in it. I know he's not crying. You don't gotta feed him or anything. But why? Are you what are you? What are you doing? 
Coming to TV, the new reality show you've been waiting for. It's 13 Dolls and Me, the story of a woman who's a mother to 13 dolls. I'm such a busy mom to these 13 dolls. Let me introduce you. This doll has blonde hair and a blue dress. This doll has brown hair and also a blue dress. And this doll has blonde hair and a red dress. Wait, did I already introduce you to that one? You'll love this show about a woman who's an imaginary mother to 13 inanimate dolls. Let's just say we run out of imaginary tea during our tea parties. But you know what? It's worth it. Just being surrounded by this much love. It's 13 Dolls and Me. Shh. You'll have to be quiet. The 13 dolls are sleeping. No, wait. Maybe they're awake. Are they awake? Don't miss it. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> You're with Stupid News on the Rick Stacy Morning Show. Who's the stupid one now? With Jill and Smokestack. Yeah, I went to college, so I remember days like this. Some of them disturbingly close to what this guy experienced. A Buffalo Bills fan is okay. He was found naked near a stadium where they just played. Apparently, the guy jumped over a construction fence, fell 30 to 40 feet, landed in a hole. Oh. When the fan was found, he was also covered in poop. <laughs> Ew. Somehow, he ended up in a porta potty The poor guy had been tra- uh, charged with trespass. The construction site is where the new Bill Stadium is being built. Alcohol was most likely involved. <laughs> Everywhere! Oh, my God! Okay, I don't think he trespassed. I don't think there was the intent, I'm going to trespass. I think he just was so drunk, he just fell into this hole. Uh, yeah, the charging with trespass. That's ridiculous. Just yeah. clean him up with a garden hose and send him home. I think he's had enough punishment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're covered in poop. Naked. A long-time Millbury, Massachusetts funeral home is up for sale, and the realtor decided to skip the for sale sign and put up a probably haunted one instead. Got more, much more result there. The Greek Revival Building was built around 1850 and was a house before becoming a funeral home. Real estate agent Erica Crystal Ucker says she's not sure if it truly is haunted, but given the age, I suppose it is possible. Paranormal fans may snap it up to find out. She's got a lot of inquiries. She does. Erica Crystal Ucker. <laughs> what? What? So it's not haunted. She's just putting a sign up front that says probably haunted. Check right. it out. It's old. You never know. Somebody must have died here. Right. Oh, and well, she's, it's working out for her. So <laughs> she's just got her you know, sign out front with her picture. Then underneath it says, you are going to die. <laughs> Canadian Jeez. wellness influencer Samantha Lotus has gone viral for claiming doctors who have recommended glasses or contact lenses for bad eyesight are lying. Instead, she can heal them. With holistic multidimensional healing. Oh boy. Holistic multidimensional healing, which she goes yeah. to the other dimension and just massages your eyeballs and then comes back. What From is- behind, yeah. The self proclaimed holistic coach whose website and social media posts are now private was offering a US $11 class to teach those with bad eyesight how to see again. She has 30,000 Instagram followers that she already healed, she says, their eyesight. And is offering to teach others to heal their spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical reasons behind their bad eyesight. Um, Last Saturday, the influencer hosted a webinar with 338 people who signed up and warned people, if you're closed-minded and want to stay a victim, this is not for you. For dry, red eyes, clear eyes is a hit. <laughs> now, she, she's been accused of being a, uh, of Lotus of being a webinar 
but rather a Trojan horse to sell essential oil products. <laughs> For your eyeballs. <laughs> Nothing like the stinging scents of lavender and tea tree to get your eyesight back to where it used to be. Wow. <laughs> All right. Um, adrenaline. Much to be said about adrenaline like this. Last week while attempting to catch a bus as it pulled away from a stop, an 18-year-old man in the Spandau borough of Berlin fell down partially underneath the bus. <gasps> the bus driver quickly realized what happened and stopped the bus, but not before the young man became trapped under the vehicle near the tire. Oh, no. Under the vehicle's rear tire. Around 40 people got out of the bus and lifted the corner of the bus enough for him to be pulled to safety. Holy cow. Yeah, you know how much, I mean, a, a, a car, bus, you know how much that stuff weighs? Well, 40 people, all with the adrenaline going just... Yeah. Lifted it up to save the guy? Yep. Uh, doctors uh, said it's going to be a long recovery, but the police later praised the Good Samaritans for working together to save the young man's life. Finally, meet Methuselah, the fish that likes to eat fresh figs, get belly rubs, and is believed to be the oldest living aquarium fish in the world. Yeah. In the Bible, Methuselah was Noah's grandfather and was said to have lived to be 969 years old. Can you imagine? Oh, There's not enough Botox in the world. <laughs> Methuselah, the fish, is not quite that ancient, but biologists at the California Academy of Sciences believe it is about 90 years old. With no really? Nine. Yeah. Methuselah, Methuselah is a four-foot-long, 40-pound Australian lungfish that was brought uh, to the San Francisco Museum in 1938 from Australia. Uh, the primitive species with lungs and gills both can live with oxygen or water. Well, oxygen in the water. Yeah, don't they uh, They kind of like wiggle on the land and they burrow in the mud for yep. like a season or whatever, and that's when they're doing the lung thing, and then they go back to the water after a certain time, I think. But now Methuselah is the oldest lungfish there is. Until a few years ago, the oldest Australian lungfish was at the Shedd Aquarium in Chicago with that fish named Granddad, died in 2017. I didn't realize fish could get that old. No, neither did I. Greetings. I'm Methuselah, the world's oldest fish. I've seen a lot of changes here at the aquarium since 1938. The plastic castle I've been swimming around for 85 years got torn down because these minnows are always carping about microplastics. I told them to stop clown fishing around, get a job, and quit spending all their sand dollars at starfish bucks on avocado kelp. They just kept smoking their seaweed and called me crabby. Well, who wouldn't be? They named me Methuselah, and then it took 70 years to figure out that I'm actually a female. These days, you can be whatever gender you want, but I'm not changing my pronouns. As for being named the oldest aquarium fish in the world, you might say I'm in a glass case of emotions. Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestack. What a world. Streaming right now on 1059sunnyfm.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 